Hello and welcome to Famicast 12. I am JC and I'm joined by the Fami crew. It is Danny Bivens. Hi. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Dan Koopman. <laughs> and yeah, it's that's it. It's just a three-man Fami crew today. Um, unfortunately, uh, Matt and Minoru couldn't be with us. I uh, I tried, you know, lighting the Famicast beacon for them to appear, but unfortunately it did not shine bright enough for them to see it. Obviously this will be the last episode before E3, so we're going to have a little bit of a Wii U uh, flavour to this episode. And um, let's just get to it. We have the usual new business and some Japan-related news and a special Wii U feature, which we're saving for near the end, so stick around for that. And uh, as always, if we've got time, we'll uh, uh, get to some listener mail too. So let's get to it. And so excitingly, in the last episode, Danny teased us with a little bit of exciting news, didn't you, Danny? Yes, I did. And uh, you've been back to uh, Tokyo and done some more shopping, I heard. This is very true. Um, So, tell us about your recent shopping experiences. Sure, so, you know, like James was saying, last month I came across, you know, Tetris 64, and then I found the biosensor for the game, um, which, it's it's pretty cool, you know, it's, uh, well, I'll talk about that here in a little bit, but you know, for about like the past like 14 years, I had been following the Nintendo 64 disk drive um, ever since I first started really, you know, consistently started reading like gaming news and stuff like that. And I, I don't know, I always thought the thing was a fascinating device and I was really bummed that when it was basically obsolete and had no need to come out in America and lived a very short life um, here in Japan. Totally yeah, like, sad. Yeah, it's very sad, but I mean, it, you know, in all honesty, it's just kind of a redundancy. I mean, you don't really, at the point when it came out, didn't really need to, but um, anyways, so <laughs> I've been wanting to buy one of these things for a very, very long time, and actually last summer, um, <laughs> I found out after the fact that there was one at like a used game shop here in my town. Um, I was like, I was in Tokyo with some friends and nice. this one guy was like, man, like I bought a, you know, N64 DD the other day at this, at the shop in town. It was like 4,000 yen. I was like, what? So I kind of nerd raged on him because he bought it. And then what he, what this guy does, he buys like Japanese game stuff and then he sells it to like a friend of his that owns like a store in the UK. And then, you know, they turn a profit oh, on right. and stuff like that. So it's kind of interesting. And he sells it on for 5,000 yeah, pounds. Yeah, probably. So when he told me that, I like I said, I nerd raged at him and was just, I don't know, I, I, I think it was a bit too much. <laughs> but, you know, so I was, I was really bummed out about that for a while, um, as one would be, right? <laughs> sure. And anyways, so a couple of weeks ago, this guy, this friend of mine, he called me up and he's like, hey, Danny, I spotted an Nintendo 64 disk drive in Tokyo at like a game shop there. And I was like, what? 
So, you know, he told me, like, how much it was and, like, which shop it was at. And so promptly the next day, like, immediately after work, I came home, I dropped off my work stuff, and then just, like, bolted to the train station and hoped to God that this would still be there <laughs> whenever, you know, I made it into, into Tokyo. And you, you were ready to kill someone for it at that point, right? I was. I had my knife in my pocket to, you know, you know stab someone if I needed to. Um, I didn't. Maybe I did. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was hidden inside your umbrella. Yes, like the penguin or something. Anyways, um, so, you know, like I said, I made my way into Tokyo. I found this shop. It's a it's a really great shop. It's called Trader. Um, it's not too far away from Super Potato. You know, I, I went to this store and I went to the retro game section and lo and behold, there it was behind the glass case, uh, 25,000 nice. yen, uh, roughly like, you know, 300 bucks. And I was Yikes. thinking, yeah, it's kind of expensive. And um, I mean, it didn't come with the box. Um it did come with the modem. <laughs> uh, it did. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that you need. Not really, because you can't really do anything with it now. <laughs> but, um, you know, so that was okay. And typically, these things are, you know, go for pretty high prices. Like, um, usually, if you see it, like, on Yahoo Auctions or eBay or something, they go for, you know, four or $500, you know, without the box. And if they had the box, it can range from 600 to, like, $1,000. Uh, depending on, you know, what it's coming with. But like I said, you know, I found this and that was great. And then to top it off too, um, that day I found two DD games that I didn't actually own. Uh, one being Doshin the Giant yes. and the other being another Mario artist uh, game, Polygon Studio. Uh, so I was pretty ecstatic about that. And then the nice thing too, the 64DD, you need the expansion pack to use it, and luckily this came with the expansion pack too, which is great because that'd be like another 2,000 yen <laughs> I'd have to pay. But um, oh, you you didn't have an expansion pack for okay. your N64. You know what? I own three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Are they all back in the US? One of them I lent, lent somebody like 10 years ago, and I never got it back. Um, God. One of them is I don't know where one of them is. And then the other one I bought here in Japan, and I. At one point, I had moved back to the States and stuff. I let my little brother borrow it, and when I went home for Christmas, I was just going to get it and bring it back with me, but I couldn't find it. So <laughs> that was great. What, he took it out? He took it out and put it in his 64 or something. I, I don't know. I don't think I ever opened the top of my... I opened it once, put it in, and then I never opened it ever again after installing it. <laughs> yeah, well, like in my house now, there are probably something like three or four N64s. Uh, oh, okay. So, and maybe he was removing it from my Japanese one to put it in the American one. I, I don't know. But the point is, it just wasn't there. But anyways, so yeah, I mean, this is a really, really awesome find. I've been wanting one of these things for, like I said, 14 years. So uh, it's just like, seriously, like a dream. Yeah, true story. Yeah, I mean, like a dream come your, true. Your nickname You're now living is, the uh, dream. Yes. <laughs> your nickname now is eShop, but for a long time it was 64DD, right? Yes, 64DD Danny. That's right. So uh, there you go. A little inside baseball there on the Famicast. There you go. <laughs> the double dizzle. Yes. So that's a, yeah, that's awesome, dude. Congratulations. Thank you very like, much. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Finding your long lost, you know, child that you didn't know you had. Or something. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not necessarily like envious on on Doshin the Giant because I have the European GameCube version. Yeah. Um, which never came out in North America for some reason. I never understood that, but. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm more interested in like the the Mario Paint stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. To be honest, I haven't really tried um, them out. Most of two of oh. my two of my games are back in the states. Um. For whatever reason, I thought it. I needed to play Doshin. 
<laughs> which it's honestly well, it's it, it was the flagship game for it wasn't it right and it's yeah for whatever reason <laughs> yeah it's it's honestly it's just not very good it's just weird and i'm just i was just trying to understand like what i'm supposed to even be doing <laughs> or like you know where or this save like left off at i found pictures because you can like take in-game pictures and stuff like that i found pictures from like 2001 maybe even from like 2000 from shortly after when the game launched like mm-hmm. saved onto the disc and i was like dude that's kind of cool um cool. <laughs> but then i started playing the game and i was like oh this isn't very cool <laughs> Right, right. So the the game is on the the sixty four DD discs, right? That's so right. They're obviously rewritable. That's right. So you, you can save a lot more stuff on than you would. You can't. It's not just save data. You can save photos and all sorts of stuff on it. Right. right exactly. I think there's something nice. like uh, available as like thirty eight megabytes that can be used for all that type of stuff. And then wow, I think the cool. disc itself is like sixty four megabytes. Um, there's there's a lot of advantages for developing for it, but I mean Nintendo just didn't really tout the development for the thing, and then it died a very swift and painful death in my you gotta mind. get f-zero do, do oh i have, have f-zero i have the f-zero expansion disc it's in america oh, nice. so oh. i'm gonna arrange to get that sent to me um yeah. hopefully sometime here in the summer so i mean some of that stuff uh, eventually made it in like on the gamecube version right like making your own vehicles and sure stuff. sure but, man yeah talk about ahead of your time yeah exactly That's crazy Exactly. They basically they basically took everything to the GameCube except for the Mar- Mario Paint stuff, which again I want to play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what was it? Polygon Studio. Yeah, Talent there's Maker. Talent Maker, Polygon Studio. And um, sound? <sighs> was there something about sound or I can't remember. There's four of them. This is awful. I can't remember off the top of my head. I own three of the four. Um, and did one of them have like those kind of like AVI inputs? That you yeah. Could, like, that's, you can do video out, yeah. right? Well, like for your camera, like pictures and stuff like that. Um, so you could record to video tape, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Show <laughs> <So> your friends. <laughs> yeah, it's like Put I said, it on a video. Yeah, that, that's one. That's the only Mario Artist one that I don't actually have, and I think there's like a pro golf game that I need, and then there's the uh, Randnet disc, which was like kind of like the portal to like their online. Dude, uh, didn't I system. send you a photo of that one? With the with the AV out, I sent you a photo of that from the shop, and I said, "Hey, Danny, get it or whatever." Yeah, and then I never. I found it. Did <laughs> <laughs> that? You see, you even get me looking for like sixty-four DD stuff, you know? <laughs> even though I'm, I don't really want to buy it myself. I I see it and I take a picture of it and I tell you about it, and then you don't buy it. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Maybe I was in. Uh, uh, I even kind of want to restart the search of all I've given up like five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and. You know, what's exciting for me, I, I've collected things ever since I was, like, a really little kid, starting with, like, Star Wars action figures. Um, I, I love Star Wars, too. Um, so, kind of the, the, the thrill of the hunt with the 64DD was uh, kind of, I don't know, inspiring and just a lot of fun. So, I, I kind of enjoy that aspect. And it's it's even more exciting here in Japan because the used game shops have retro games. Uh, you know, typically in America, a lot of used game shops are owned by GameStop, and, you know, they don't have, you know, retro games, so it's kind of a bummer. You just have to find everything on eBay. But in Japan, that you can still, you know, kind of go after it in this kind of old-fashioned kind of way, which is kind of exciting. Nice. Nice. That's that's awesome, though, dude. Look forward to more 64DD <laughs> reviews in the future. Sure. <laughs> Sounds a bizarre thing to say in 2012, but there you go. <laughs> When did the when did it come out? Like in Japan, December nineteen ninety nine. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah, and by that time, I mean, they already, you know, the expansion pack had been released in the States like a year before. Uh, Cartridge sizes were, you know, getting bigger and bigger, and just the need for it was just totally not there anymore. So That's amazing. Yeah. It's, It's hard to believe it's like over, like, you know, 12 years old. Right, and <laughs> it's kind of hard to believe that, you know, between that and the DS, I mean, you know, with online connectivity, I mean, yeah, it wasn't like something stellar, but, I mean, Nintendo was actually, you know, kind of close to the forefront of this kind of technology at the time. And, I mean, yeah, the thing was a complete and utter fail, utter, utter failure, <laughs> but, I mean, they were, they were really trying stuff, and it just... It's kind of sad to see with the GameCube and even with the Wii that they just kind of, you know, just kind of lackadaisically went through and they got worse. That's exactly. What you're to say, right? Exactly. It's kind of surprising. <laughs> so none of the online stuff works, right? Like at all. I don't imagine it would unless somebody has some kind of a special server up, um, which is possible. People, I remember with the Dreamcast, like a lot of people for Fantasy Star Online, there was like custom servers that people would put up. My younger brother and I would, you know, I don't know, look into this type of stuff, and it was kind of interesting, but. That would be awesome, yeah. And to get the like the Satellaview stuff working, oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be great. Oh, oh, to be living in Japan at that time. I know, no kidding. Cool. So nothing, nothing else to say about uh, Tetris 64. You but just Tet- kind of breezed uh, past that. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Tetris 64, uh, I, I got to play a little bit of that. and um, I mean, yeah, it's Tetris. And uh, there, with the pieces, there are a couple of different... Uh, pieces and what you would find in the original game i mean nothing too like groundbreaking um but you know the, the the coolest thing is the biosensor mode where you plug the biosensor into the back of the n64 controller and then you clip it to your ear and it's reading your heartbeat and based on that if your heartbeat is you know going crazy the blocks are going to be coming down pretty fast but if you're calm then you know there's not going to be really any problem and I was thinking when I was playing it the whole time, I noticed that my heartbeat was like staying the same. And I was thinking, what is this? I mean, <laughs> are you alive? I, yeah. Am I dead? <laughs> it's at zero. No. <laughs> so, you, so you drank some Red Bull. Yes. Then it gave me wings. No. <laughs> so then I just started just like breathing super heavily and just started going kind of crazy. And then it started showing, you know, on the little sensor on the screen that, you know, that's what it was uh, doing. And the pieces were falling a little bit faster. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a really cool idea. I could understand that it's really niche type of thing to bring out to the states. Um, sure. So they didn't, even though it was already translated into English. But yeah, it, it's a it's an interesting game. It's fun. Um, if you like Tetris and you have a access to play Japanese N64 games and can find a biosensor um, and have a heartbeat and have a heartbeat, you can <laughs> you could enjoy this game. <laughs> Vampires need not apply. Yes. Awesome. It is. Um... It is basically Vitality Sensor 1.0. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's still weird that we still talk about the Vitality Sensor in 2012. <laughs> and it never actually got released it's anyway. Because well, it's, it's going to be... It's, it's built into the Wii U controller. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh. Okay then, cool. So um, uh, I'll go next because uh, I usually go last, but um, I don't have much uh, to say. Um, so 
uh, listeners may know that this this month uh, the game club game uh, that the that was chosen at NintendoWorldReport.com was uh, Metroid Other M, and uh, unlike last month where it was um, a boy in his blob, which I don't have unfortunately, um, as much as I'd like to have joined in that, I didn't have it, but I did have Metroid Other M. In fact, it was on my pile of shame, uh, <laughs> collecting dust <laughs> under several other games. But um, so it was a good excuse to get it out. Um, I think I'd played about fifteen, twenty minutes of it, <laughs> um, <laughs> just trying to get through the intro. <laughs> more than anything, I think I remember starting playing it at like midnight, and I'm like, I was like, I'll just get, I'll just get through the first area or two, and it was like, come on, I just like hitting the the plus button trying to skip past these cutscenes <laughs> and I couldn't so I had to sit down and watch all these cutscenes and it took much longer to get to the first save point than I realized uh, but anyway um, and I'd, I'd never touched it after that so um, it's been in my cupboard for a long time and uh, so I whipped it out and started playing it again and um, yeah I, I, I mean I've only played about I'd say an extra maybe hour and a half, um, so I can't I can't form a full opinion. But all I'll say is that I I hate the cutscenes <laughs> so much, it it does almost ruin the game. And you know I came into this with an open mind. You know we've all read Zach Miller's review. We all we all know what he thinks about those <laughs> parts of the game. But I I went into it with an open mind, and um, yeah, I got the same opinion almost immediately just so much talking going on and on and on i just i mean it's like words are going into my ear but nothing <laughs> is being processed it's just like going straight out the other ear it's just like what are you talking about so <laughs> this is metroid why are you talking about babies you know <laughs> shut up and let me shoot aliens so now is all the voice work done in japanese in the japanese version i'm assuming i'm playing the american one. Oh, this is right Okay. Yeah, I'm playing the American one. Um, but yeah, it might as well be the Japanese one for how much sense it makes. <laughs> I mean, it is. It, it's quite. It's quite a good topic, uh, relevant topic to talk about on the Famicast. Actually, the the poor job of the um, the translation. I think if you compare it to Kid Icarus, um, like Kid, in Kid Icarus, Nintendo of America got free control to do whatever they like in the exactly. script. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. And if you look at Metroid Other M. You can clearly see it is meant to be played in Japanese, and that is why I always have a hiccup with playing some types of RPGs into with English voice acting, because of it kind of ruins it for me. <laughs> so that's why it also yeah. ruined the cutscenes for me in Metroid Other M. Yeah, it really, really does. I think I left that pretty much word for word what you just said, Dan. I think I left that on the comment of the news article that we put up about uh, yeah what Sora uh, said about letting uh, the treehouse just have free reign. With the the jokes and and stuff in Kid Icarus Uprising, yeah. I mean, I haven't heard much of the English uh, version, but um, I'm being told that it's you know really funny in English. And yeah, for example, you fight you fight this three-headed dog, and they even re reference Nintendo tra Nintendo's trainer points, which is amazing. <laughs> awesome. um, yeah, because you know you you can't transliterate um, Japanese to English. It's just I mean just just use Google Translate. <laughs> just type in something 
you know, simple, and it'll come out as just garbage. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah, just, it definitely. Work. Yeah, J- Japanese is one of those languages. It's, it, it is almost like an alien language. <laughs> it's like you know, you, you know, the aliens land and they talk into this you know translator unit, and then the, just like a Mars attacks, and it's like it barely makes sense, <laughs> even though it's English. Yeah, just just it enough just like enough that. sense where you can understand what it means, but then you're still kind of like, wait, what does that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, and that seems to be what they did with other M. It's just like a Google's Translate job, you know. Not not quite that bad, but you know, it might as well be. Yeah, it's pretty pretty bad. So um, oh god, I hope in the next um, next Metroid game there are, there is no talking. <laughs> I mean, I, there was there was too much for me in um, Corruption, um, for my liking. But this is just freaking ridiculous. It's like, <laughs> Uh, at, at least, at least, corruption did a good job of it. Yeah, well, it was it was all yeah. right. It was all it was like an Americanized version of of Metroid. So there was lots of you know, uh, kind yeah. of military talk and stuff like that, which you know, not a huge fan of or whatever. But I'd I'd much rather just have what it was like in Prime One. No talking, complete isolation, and definitely, in my opinion, the best story. And there was no talking at all. <laughs> so there you go. Um, <laughs> back to other. I remember round. that opening. That was uh, the opening of the first Metroid Prime is still amazing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You you learn everything you need to know just by cutscenes, sound effects, and music. And uh, other M just goes the other other direction. But I will keep yeah. playing it. I will keep playing it. I do like the core, the gameplay. Um, the controls are a bit weird. I don't like this pointing at the screen nonsense. Yeah, that's um, what's actually what kind of stopped me from finishing it. I never finished Metroid RM, and this yeah. is what kind of stopped me because I had to use it in the later bosses, and I think you will definitely have a problem with that too, if you're already talking about it, yeah. because it will really bring the experience down later on. It really will. Yeah, it's like it's like you're playing New Super Mario Brothers, and then you have to suddenly play Metroid Prime with new play control in the same game. <laughs> it's like yeah. I'm I'm pressing right and then jumping, you know, hopping. And then suddenly I've got a point of the screen and shoot like Metroid Prime, but I can't move. It's like, <laughs> what, is, what is this? Very, very strange choice. And it is, it's just one of those frustrating and kind of just, you know, the, like Donkey Kong Country Returns. It's just like stubbornness, just pure stubbornness out of Nintendo, how they refuse to let the developers have classic controller support or alternate control support. It's just ridiculous. It's just stubbornness. And it really pisses me off. I mean, it could have easily had just uh, nunchuck support, and it would have solved all of its problems. Mm-hmm. And Donkey Kong Country, same thing. You know, could have had classic control support, and you know, everybody would have been happy. But there you go. So that's <laughs> that's other M. That's me shitting yeah. other M. <laughs> that's all I got. Welcome um, to the club. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, that's about it. Um, I haven't really been playing much on the 3DS, just, you know, usual thing. Uh, Bushmo and uh, Street Pass Quest, <laughs> as <laughs> usual. Nothing interesting. So, I will play uh, that a lot more in two weeks from now. Uh, yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, because I don't usually encounter many people with a 3DS. I have, like, a few friends who have a 3DS, but and a few family members, but basically I always get them the same street passes. <laughs> oh, at that point, I'd like to pimp my uh, 
my recent video I did, I I showed all of the the completed puzzles because I I just finished the Fire Emblem one. And I thought you know some people might want to see that um, because it's not out outside of Japan yet. Spoiler alert! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it, there will be no other way for people to get it. You know, I know lots of people. I mean, they've never they've never ever got a pink puzzle piece, for example. They just you know they get the they get the one for free and then that's it. You know. So people are never okay. I'll, I'll, I want to I want to mention this here uh, well, with the with the two puzzles to send out over Spot Pass. So there was Kid Icarus, no three puzzles actually. Kid Icarus, Mario Tennis Open, and my Japanese 3DS. It was indeed a puzzle piece of uh, Fire Emblem. Well, the, the 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 second batch of seven they were delivered by Spot Pass as well. There was only seven to start with, and then they added seven. Well, more. the well those were delivered just through the update. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, and but never in those. Uh, spot pass puzzles, and never a single one of them. I never got a, a, a pink piece. The only chance I had to get those pink pieces was with those golden mees, um, mm-hmm. which were Iwata right. and some promotional guy for uh, Mario and Sonic on the 3DS. Huh. Um, and the only puzzle I have now completed now of the new batch is um, Rhythm Heaven, because I got enough like golden characters to get all four um, uh, pink pieces. Oh, okay. I see. That's cool. So that just shows how hard it is, right? I mean, just to get four, it took you a long time to do that, right? So Definitely, yeah. There you go. So check out my video, and you'll be able to see all of them completed. And if you come to Japan, hey, I'll share them with you. I'll give you all my pink pieces, but you got to come to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my nah, friend... I'll just do it at E3. <laughs> oh, yeah, E3. There you go. Um, so, Dan, you're going to take... Like a Japanese 3DS and an American one with you? So All you three go. of them. All three of them? Wow. Yeah. You're going to have to check 30 Mii's every 10 minutes. Like, well, then I have something to do while waiting in line for Ryu, so that will be excellent. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be busy. I mean, that's like three people's job in one. That's crazy. Yeah, it'll never end. <laughs> oh, you should do what Carly did and sellotape down the R button <laughs> and then uh, speeds up the hell process I thought that was a brilliant idea mm-hmm. <laughs> so Dan why do you tell us about the uh, games you've been playing Sure. Um, I've been playing two things. I, I've talked last last time about Fire Emblem on the 3DS. Uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you completed that now? I completed done? that, yeah. Um, the I DLC? Played, I'm currently busy with all the DLC. I'm, I'm not done with all of them yet, but a good chunk of them. Mm-hmm. Like, there is still a good amount of uh, 3-star and 4-star DLC pieces which are insanely difficult. Um, so I will be going through those possibly in the upcoming week. Um, I, I think I spent in total with the game in like 4 pieces of DLC around a good chunk of 40, 30 hours into it. Um, so I've spent a lot of time with that, with that game and what I've come to realize is that I'm after the initial hump, after knowing what is up with the game and knowing how the old features work, you get really insanely addicted by it pretty quick. Um, so I just wanted to just finish another chapter, go another chapter, go another chapter. 
um, just the the time I have out of my day to just finish a little bit of it. Um, it, it was just a perfect game to have on the 3DS. Um, nice. It's it's is like I think they did a good job like differentiating like different difficulty settings so people can more enjoy it more quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, there is uh, a more cinematic to feel to it, even more than the Wii one, surprisingly enough. Um, which I find pretty intriguing. Now going back, I'm actually now replaying the Wii version just for the sake of it. And and what I'm realizing is that there is more there is there is more there are more touches to the 3DS one than the actual Wii one, um, which in some ways that is a, a better step up. In another way, that is kind of crazy because we're looking at the difference of a home console and a handheld system. Um, but it's um, like again, like I said last um, last time, um, the strategic action is as good as ever. Um, I think in some ways it has been improved. It feels a little bit better in places. Um, and the little tweaks they make to it, although they are they are little, they are significant to how the game is played. So it makes it more of a game you can get into instead of knowing all your strategic moves beforehand, already planning it out. Um, and for even people who have problems with that, there is that easy option that won't let you lose any characters, but you can still continue enjoying the game. Oh, right, yeah. I heard about that. That sounds good. Yeah. So, so far as that is concerned, I think it's the most, it's the most easiest of the all the Fire Emblem games, Fire Emblem games to get into. Mm. Um, and it's definitely also the easiest way to sunk a good chunk of time into your 3DS. Um... So what as, far, ab- as for the yeah. the DLC, in, yeah, I mean, obviously this is one of Nintendo's. Is it Nintendo's first, you know, full blown? No, the, the, the first one was that uh, that photo thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's say first real attempt at uh, DLC. You know, these are huge, you know, like whole missions, right? That you're downloading. Yeah. So you feel that the game itself is a complete game, and the DLC wasn't, you know, just taken out to to be sold later you you feel the game is complete definitely not um huh. it, actually actually in the biggest sense of the word the DLC and the main game feel very separated from one another huh. um i mean you get some advancements if you choose to buy the DLC like there are some characters from other fire emblem games you can add to your team mm-hmm. um but you can have them not have like like a good relationship with your other characters, they can't have like they can't talk to one another and share a conversation with them in the no- regular game. So right. there's not necessarily a need to have them, but they're cool. They're there, and kind of way. So it's a very much a side side quest kind of feeling. Yeah, I see. Interesting. It gets uh, sometimes you get a good item out of it as well. Um, there are also other missions where you can get special items to use during the normal course of the game. So that, that you can enhance your spe- experience or ex- enhance some of the characters. Now the the fun part is you can actually go back and t- get the item again. So uh, the DLC doesn't put any limits on there, which is great um, in comparison to the other stuff that you will see on other consoles. So you can go back and play it again and get some more experience for like maybe your lower level characters. Hmm. And there was one mission, I need to talk about this. There's one mission where you get every single time you do it, at the end, like, up to 70,000 gold pieces. Nice. 
So you just spam that one constantly. Um, I, I spammed it like one or two times towards the end of the game because I wanted to have like four upgraded weapons for the final fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't do it through the normal course just because that DLC wasn't there when I played through the normal game. Oh, I see. Um, but I, I, can, I can definitely see that people would abuse it to obliteration to get some experience and money out of it. But it's like um, you would have cheated yourself if you would do it too much, in my personal opinion. Right. Um, but the, the DLC, I find the DLC, it's a bit expensive because all the missions are like between 15 and at most like 20, 25 minutes long. And how much are they? Like what's the range? Are they all the same price or...? Um, at highest they're three fifty, three fifty yen. Hmm. Okay. So it's a, it's not it's not a wrong price, but it's like um, you have to look at the description and see if it actually fits to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would pick what you like and skip the other stuff. Basically, it's right. it's a very selective thing. Um, it's good DLC, but short DLC. It depends on the person you are if you would like to download this or not, but. As far as the regular game is concerned, you can do without it, basically. You don't have to do it, because there's enough to do on its own. Um, So it's just basically an enhancement. It's nothing more, nothing less. So if you apply this thinking to uh, Nintendo's next DLC, which could well be Mario, revealed at E3... Like, you know, what kind of things do you think they would have as a Mario DLC? Do you think they would do a whole world, or would they do levels, a few levels... You know. I think I think they need to do a few levels at the very least. It doesn't need to have to be an entire world. I mean, the world can also be separated in packs. Because um, 25, 20, 25 minutes for a, for a Fire Emblem mission. I mean, for 20, 25 minutes for Mario levels, that's not very many, is it? That's like... <laughs> um, I, definitely, I definitely feel the batch of levels need to be significantly longer to um, make the price point work. Yeah, I would say a world. A world of eight le- eight levels. I think that would be fine. But for, if, if for you, for price. example, would do like three levels for 150, I would be fine with that. Like, the songs on um, um, Terrorism Final Fantasy mm-hmm. are like 150 each. And you have three difficulty settings, you have all that stuff built in. It, it, it's mm-hmm. fine as it is. So I think if you would do a couple levels but just 150, I would think that would be a better deal. Hmm. Yeah, the kind of e-reader kind of way, you know, <laughs> one or two levels at a time for per per purchase. <laughs> yeah. We'll soon find out. Cool. So what else have you been playing, Dan? Um, I've been playing the eShop title Bloody Vampire, um, which comes from Silverstar, which don't necessarily make the, the greatest games in the world, but they are very good at, like, side-scrolling games, especially the ones they did on Desire. Um, so they released one on the 3DS. It's basically sort of it's sort of um, a Castlevania clone, but it has more like a robust upgrading system. And um, you have to collect certain items throughout the game to continue to uh, next part. Um, there are like different bosses you have to battle. There are a few that repeat, like one or two, um, but they changed them up significantly enough that uh, you don't notice ec- immediately. Is is this a 3DS uh, eShop game, or is is it also on DSiWare? It's an eShop game solely. Okay. So it, does it look pretty good? It looks pretty good, actually. Um, not necessarily the, the characters, because they look like they they cut out look around... They mm. cut... 
how do I say it correctly? Like they look like kind of looking. now they are like cutout characters that run throughout the world. Okay. In a world that's already um, surrounding with um, it's already fixed. Um, it is not necessarily a bad thing. It looks pretty good still, but it is kind of noticeable. The 3D is actually pretty decent. Um, it plays well enough. Um, I think sometimes I wonder too much and think about what I should do next because that isn't the only. That's the only thing they haven't really figure figured out correctly, because they don't really have a map system or anything. <laughs> so it's very easy to get lost and don't know where you should go next. Um, but I have to. I think I am very close towards the end, and I've put like eight hours into it. Okay. So I think That's it's 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 a reasonable it's a yeah it's a, it's a reasonable size at the very least. So I think it's worth your money, but it's like you have to like some backtracking. Hmm. So is is this available in all the regions? No, it's only available in Japan. Oh, okay. Um, and I think some of their Desire stuff is actually available in North America. Hmm. So it might it might see a release soon. Yeah, it might it might see a release in North America, but it's like they have been very selective about that stuff. Well, if it's Castlevania-ish, then you know it could go down well in other territories. Definitely. Awesome. Um, I think I think that's a, well. I played a bit more Mario Kart Seven because of the patch, but I think that's about. Ah, <laughs> me <probably>. too. <laughs> yeah, in your face, woohooers. <laughs> <laughs> That, that um, name yeah, is the uh, trademark to Greg Leahy, by the way. Um, may he rest in peace. Yeah. In podcast peace. Yes, I was going to say. He's I, not dead. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> God. <laughs> but but yeah. yeah, there's there's not much coming out in Japan, basically, so I haven't imported much either. So yeah, there you go. Danny, you didn't buy this? No, I didn't actually. Um Hang your head in shame. It's hanged. It's hung uh, right I, now. I, 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 I am Mr. International eShop Operations. <laughs> so, Danny, you didn't buy anything from the eShop this week? No, I don't think so. Um, actually, I think I bought more than than uh, than Danny this month. I also bought a few of those Nickel puzzle games. Yeah, I've never... I don't know. Like, ever since I bought that one weird uh, Bow Staff game back in the fall, <laughs> I've just kind of been steering clear of a lot of the 3DS uh, wear, okay. if you will. I mean, it wasn't, like, I... terrible. It's just kind of weird. And I was like, man, I paid, like, five bucks for this. <laughs> but, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I am more daring than you. This is true. I am Mr. Shop now. I'm, I'm just going for, like, the sure thing. I mean, I, I think this month I bought Wario Land 3. Um, it looks really nice. plays really well. Uh, <laughs> I know. Have you, play, have you played the Kingdom Hearts 3D demo? Actually, I don't think I even played that demo yet. <laughs> what? <laughs> I did. That's just the TGS demo, so um, I deleted that pretty quickly. But it's it's okay. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a nice it's a nice looking demo. It's very easy. I noticed they made it easier than it was at TGS. <laughs> I don't know why they did it, but the, I killed yeah, the boss. I, I, I like, noticed. I noticed. I think noticed that too. I think it was just put. I think they put it standard on the easy difficulty setting. That demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at TGS it must have been medium or hard because I died the first time on that boss and I had to really concentrate. I think if you go back and listen to whenever we talked about TGS, whatever episode that was, um, I I think I said, you know, I died on the boss. But this one, I I did it with like my eyes closed. So I think it's just to get people, you know, in a D good just mood. To, just to say one thing about uh, Kingdom Hearts 3D, I finished it. It was a very good game. 
Um, still hated the switch mechanic, switch mechanic between um, Sora and Riku, just like I la- talked about last month. Was still very annoying. But you finished it, though. I finished it. It was a very good game, but it's only the switching mechanic that hold it back. Okay. Cool. Okay, guys, let's move on to some Japan-related news. Okay then, so I thought we'd uh, start off the news with um, a bit of a look at the Media Create sales um, here in Japan. They handle the, I guess, the, the Japanese equivalent of the MPD, I guess. Um, yeah. So let's just run down some of the uh, Nintendo games in the top 10 uh, this week. Um, so uh, at uh, number 9, Mario and Sonic on the 3DS. I guess that's because the uh, London Olympic Games are coming up. Uh, number eight, we have Kid Icarus Uprising. That's doing pretty well. Um, that sold almost 270,000 copies to date. Pretty cool. Uh, Mario Kart 7 is at number seven. Lucky 7. That's 1.7 million. Whoa. That's big. Uh, number six is Monster Hunter 3G. Just above Mario Kart 7. Interesting. Um... But that sold a little bit less than Mario Kart 7. That's 1.4 million. Uh, number 5, Mario 3D Land. Uh, that's 1.5 million. So that's behind Mario Kart 7. So Mario Kart 7 is the probably the top-selling 3DS game. Um, then we have... Oh, Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City. Um, the game that Matt worked on. That's a number 3. Um, we'll, we won't say anything else about that. And number two, we have Fire Emblem Awakening. Um, That's doing pretty well. Uh, 360,000? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. And at number one, Mario Party 9. Uh, Almost over 330,000 for that one. So yeah, we party games still selling in Japan. Um, You know, I, I I can't stop looking at that number 10 of this list. What the hell is that game? PSP. Constipation, please g- give me birth to my child. Yeah. From Spike Chunsoft. What? Is that the one that AKB48 were in the advertisement? Or something like that? And it Could was like, be. And it was one of them, what's her name? The Maeda, the, the leader, and she was like holding a baby and it had this kind of salaryman's <laughs> face on it. God, that was disturbing. Please, let's, don't, do not talk about it. Um, what was the, that the other game, done that you... You were kind of like um, making fun of on Twitter. Was it like I'm trapped in a room with a girl or something? Uh, I, ha- I have to look up their title. It's something like that, isn't it? What would you do if you were trapped in a room with a girl? I, I, will, I, will, I will look it up. That was ridiculous. Um, but let's go through the top 50. How many 3DS games are in this list? <laughs> a lot. Well, what's interesting is that very few Vita games... And a hell of a lot of 3DS games. That's the most interesting thing. Oh, right, yes. 3DS has 14, and uh, the PlayStation Vita has 1. And even the DS has 4 in the top 50, which is crazy. And the Wii has Okay, I, f- I, f- I, found, I found a title. There you go. We might have to, we might have to remove this part because it was silly anyway. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> looking at this list. Okay, so I just found the title. It is if I were sealed in a room with a girl, I'd probably XXX. <laughs> Oh, and also, if you if you buy the first one, uh, you get a, an eShop mini game called "If Cockroaches Changed into a Swimsuit." And that's the end of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, top fifty. Um, so, basically, what is interesting? There's like 14 3DS titles in the top fifty, and one PlayStation Vita title. Yeah, it's pretty pretty sad for the PS Vita there. Mm. So there you yeah. go. And the the Wii is still doing pretty amazingly well. I mean, um, yeah, eleven. I mean, we don't have this on the agenda for the news, but um, there was also a news article about um, there was an interview of whatever two thousand, you know, gamers in Japan, and and the they were trying to get the gauge the interest in the Wii U, and it was it was a really low percentage. It was like less. It was twenty percent or something who were kind of interested in it and it was like you know even less for those who were definitely going to buy it but the, the the reason the reason the reason is that there's no really any details for Wii U right let's be honest here yeah there's no what there's do no we know about the Wii U yeah i mean how many japanese people are going to follow e3 i mean how many japanese people know what e3 is you know I, f- I think I think enough people, at least of the nintendo side of it know what e3 is because japan always puts up a separate e3 side for it yeah, but yeah, pretty much the hardcore of the hardcore, they're going to know it. But, um, you know, people on the street, which is who they interviewed, then possibly not. But yeah, that could all change after E3. Yeah, I'm, yeah I, I, you know, I'm just counting every single Nintendo game in the top 50 here. So on all three platforms together, so 3DS, DS, and Wii, there are like 29 titles of the top 50 are Nintendo games. Wow. And that, these are all retail games, right? This, this, yeah. This, this is not downloadable games, so yeah, a lot of um, handheld games. But yeah, I'm just surprised to see the Wii doing so well. It's, it's quite well, amazing. Well, if you look at if you if you look at hardware sales, the Vita is actually taking over the Wii now finally, because uh, the PlayStation Vita sold um, six thousand three hundred forty, which is again another low for them. But if you look at Wii, six thousand seventy three. Hmm. I mean, who, nobody's buying a Wii at this moment, are they? It's just just the games. Well, well, during Golden Week, it it outsold the PlayStation Vita. The Wii, the Wii outsold it. Yeah, yeah. It was a pretty pretty much um, during Golden Week. I think Mario Party Nine came on top. Um, it was it was pretty much exactly what it is this week, to be honest. Um, yeah. So yeah. Obviously, a good week, a good golden week for Nintendo. Uh, huh. All their first-party games selling, you know, big time. Uh, how many is that? One, two, three, four, f- five first-party games in the top ten, which is pretty good. So yeah, good for them. But yes, let's move on. Uh, a little bit of sad news, right, Danny? This is very correct. <laughs> um, so, Itsunomani Terebi, otherwise known as Spotpass TV, um, came out last year in on, like June nineteenth, two thousand eleven. Uh, what it is, it was a it's TV, three uh, D TV program, uh, programming that's uh, brought to us by Nihon Terebi and Fuji Terebi, and they have like you know a variety of different like shows that they have. Usually six shows like per day, usually about two and a half minutes long. Um, 
And, you know, there's a lot of just weird stuff on there. Some of it great, some of it just not so great. Um, James might argue that none of it's great, but then I will punch him in the stomach. I, I would I would just I, like I to would, know. I would, have, I would have loved to watch it because there's a region lock. Thank you very much, yeah. Nintendo of Japan. Dan, you, you did well out of that region lock, believe me. You're a lucky, lucky man. Well, um, sad news came uh, here just last week as... Um, Actually, the services are going to be cancelled. Uh, there was really no reason given as to why, but uh, now there's less than a month, as of the day we're recording this, there's less than a month uh, for it to still be on the air. It's actually going to be shut down on June. I Hooray! Gonna, I was going to say, there's still crap <laughs> leaking onto my 3DS every day, you know, whether I, I want to it or not. I, I still do enjoy it, and I've been watching every episode since I read about this, because I, I had like went on like kind of like a, a break from it for like the past four months or something, um, and then just here in the past couple episodes, <laughs> like I said, as soon as I heard this news, I just started watching it, because I was thinking, man, I'm not going to be able to do this very often. So basically, so basically what you're saying, it's your fault that it's getting cancelled. Maybe. <laughs> Well done, Danny. Oh, Danny, are you going to answer uh, uh, Johnny on RFN? He's he was intrigued about your um, comment about the going down the river on the boats in Tokyo. Um, you that you did for your eShop roundup. So what what was that about then? Is that is that replacing the train? The train one now? What it was for, uh, like I said, I just started watching it again just a, a couple of weeks ago or a week and a half ago or something, and uh, it. Going basically, it gets you on like some kind of like a passenger type of a boat, and you're going around different rivers in Tokyo, seeing different sights. And <laughs> the very few episodes of it that I caught, it was like raining, so you couldn't even really see anything. Really? And then it just then for like two or three of the episodes, it's just some dude talking with some. I think it was like Miss Universe J from Japan, or I don't know something like that. And they're just like eating food, and the guys just is really weird, and the girls, you know, of course, really cute. And <laughs> so that was kind of odd, but then shortly thereafter, um, it switched back to the trains, and actually they're on the Utsunomiya line. It's a line that kind of runs actually through my town, um, but they're going the opposite way. <laughs> so I was like, man, damn it. So Going away from where you live. Going away from where I live, so I was like, man, <laughs> crap. But... Yeah, so that's what that's what that was about. For, uh, I guess temporarily they replaced it instead of like uh, viewing stuff on the trains. It was just viewing stuff on the boat and then talking to these random, well, not random, you know, like Japanese like semi celebrities or something. Was that just for like Hanami time, maybe with I, the sakura next to the river? I'm not sure. It just ended last week, and but it was raining, so that kind of ruined. <laughs> it that. was like raining, <laughs> so it was like at least for like a, a lot of the episodes. I mean, that's probably maybe the only time they could go out and record or something. So. I don't know, it was just kind of bizarre, and I just, I thought it was kind of interesting. It was better than just, you know, the same old stuff with the trains, but now they're going back to that to probably the, uh, seal off the show, you know, with just the trains. For me, yeah. you know, for me, it's all weird to see it so quick and after Rinoma. Yeah, right. Which, which ended, um, I think, when did it end? Between, during, between during the, the last episodes, I think. Uh, I think somewhere in May. Um, so they what it was very what what was very cute. They actually um, left a message for people um, on the service saying that the stuff came up in their me form, um, bowed and said uh, thank you for using the service, um, which was kind of 
uh, queue to see, and then a few hours later I try to start up the service again, and it says, again, the error message, uh, thank you for using it, you can't access this channel any longer. Yeah, it was kind of sad, because um, it was actually some an interesting experience. Even Maybe even more interesting the SpotPass TV in some places. Um, but yeah, it, it, why are they ending all the third-party stuff so quick after one another? That's the big question. Right, and I, I think we talked about this before too, Don. I, aren't, isn't it like the same TV companies that are involved too, like uh, Fuji Television and um, Nippon Television? So... I, I mean, obviously, there's some kind of an issue, and we'll probably never know. Um, you know, I don't know if this is a good sign or a bad sign because you know, with the Wii U, they're going to go towards making it more of a home home entertainment center. You know, with the universal remote kind of thing, right? You know, probably the Americas. Uh, you know, they're going to have yeah. Netflix or whatever. But what are they going to do in Japan? I mean, if they're canceling all the the TV services, you know, are they going to? Just have nothing for that kind of thing in Japan, or you you know there could always be a Wii U no, Wii U no Ma. Yeah, but maybe it's they're like, just moving it all over. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's the company is actually just similar to how uh, Pokemon Company is uh, separated. Uh, the Wii No Ma um, business side of things was separated from Nintendo, so there was a separate working staff on it. So I'm interested to see where that staff will go from here. Yeah, maybe they're working on a Wii U version. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, and you know, like I said too, it, like you guys are just saying too. I mean, it's this is kind of like some kind of unique content that was available, and it's completely different than the stuff that you get with Nintendo Video. Um, I mean, yeah, there are some things in Nintendo Video that are shared across all regions, and there's some things that are just you know specific to uh, whatever regions that they're in. But this was wholly like Japanese, and you know. I don't know, some of the stuff was really interesting, and some of the stuff was just ridiculous. Like, uh, I've talked before about the 3D air quote dates that you can go on, and um, I mean, it's just utterly ridiculous and hilarious. I, I love it, just because it's so weird. And then... <laughs> <laughs> That's where a girl looks when, at the when camera I, When says, I first heard that Winonama, Winonama got cancelled, I was like, oh, they're possibly going to move that stuff over to SpotPass TV. Because there were some interesting series in there, like an uh, weekly experiment show where they did some uh, crazy experiments. Um, there was, there was, there, yeah, there was similar nature shows. I think you said there wasn't once a nature show on SpotPass TV. There's a show about animals. It shows like these animals yeah, playing think, with animals in 3D, basically. I think there was something similar to it also on Winoma. Mm -hmm. And I, and the first time I was thinking, yeah, that stuff will possibly go to SpotPass TV. So I will never see it again. And then <laughs> a few weeks later, hey, SpotPass TV is ending. So I thought, okay. It's like, it's weird. It's really weird. Yeah, actually, one of my favorite uh, programs, because it's just dumb, is uh, idling. It's just idle. <laughs> These idols, originally they were just, like fighting each other in like sumo matches and stuff, and then they recently moved to just doing like uh, penalty kicks against each other with soccer. Yeah, I didn't understand that. I, I didn't that either. One. And then the guy... What is this soccer you're talking yeah. about? <laughs> hey, they call it soccer in Japan, too. Um, well... <laughs> Anyways, like, I don't know, then the guy, like, the host, his name's, like, Bakarizumu, like, stupid rhythm. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's so weird, but... I'm, I hate that guy. Yeah, I'm kind of glad, because now they're back to, actually, the fighting stuff, and now they're in a pool, in bikinis, as you would imagine something like this should be. <laughs> so I think that's how they're going to kind of play this out, you know, until it, the, the service comes to a close next month. It, it is so... 
Japan, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it's never meant for viewing outside of Japan. That's why they IP block it. <laughs> it's probably illegal in most countries. But then, would, then wouldn't make any sense why Rinoma wouldn't be blocked because I could still like access the on-demand movies, shows, and like the original programming. I could even if I had a Japanese address, I could buy stuff from there and send it to a Japanese address. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, get some pizzas delivered at my house, Don. Can you do that? I'll give you my address. Sure. What do you want? What do you want? Oh, just a margarita would be fine. I'm getting quite hungry here. I'll give him my address <sighs> on Skype. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, other bad news uh, after the uh, It's an Omani Terebi being cancelled, they also stopped production of the Aqua Blue 3DS, which, um, in my opinion, was the worst colour. And, you know, I mean, they had the purple GBA and the purple GameCube, two awful, awful colours. And they then they followed it up with, you know, the grey DS, a horrible, horrible colour. And then they got the, you know, the blue 3DS, you know, it's but like... I want to I wanna say uh, something in defense of the purple colour. I love the purple colour, so Yeah, thank you. but they made it the choice, didn't they, when it came to the States? They gave the black as a, as a day one choice, right? Because they yeah. knew that wouldn't, the purple would just wouldn't sell. <laughs> and they were right. So I don't know, what is it with their crap colour choices? I think I had a, um, a, a purple one when it launched here in Europe. A GameCube? Yeah. Oh, I got a black one. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know what Nintendo's thinking sometimes with their choices and the colors. Color like, yeah. the Aqua Blue, I mean, that's the one I have, but it was the very last one that I that was at the store that I could get. And I just wanted to have a 3DS on launch day. So I was like, hey, whatever. But it, it's it's bad because it emphasizes the the bad the worst parts of the design of the 3ds. You know the the three stages, the the fact that it gets fatter the higher it goes. I, the defense with that is like, well, we wanted to make sure it's differentiated between you know that and the DS. And it's like, man, uh, I can yeah, understand but don't that. Make it into a th- yeah, uh, an ice cream sandwich. Then. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that to an extent. An extent, but I remember like Nathan Mustafa. Like it's just, <laughs> I remember like the first thing he said to me. Like I think one of the first podcasts I was talking, he's like, "Yeah, it's just kind of like an ugly sandwich, isn't it?" And I was like, "I guess it kind of is." Yeah, with the black one, it's it's really well disguised, and the other ones as well. The white one, the red one, they're all they're all good. Every color they've done since that has been awesome, I think. Right, and you know, here in Japan, to kind of take place of the aqua blue one is like the the royal blue one that came out. Uh, basically, it's uh, cobalt. Cobalt, uh, excuse me. Yeah, that came out right along the time of the Fire Emblem release, and I think it's just a, a lot sharper of color, and I think it's great. But you know, then on the same on the same hand, you have the you know the purple one coming out in the United States. <laughs> um, it. As the time of we're recording this right now, it should already be. Out. I am actually kind of jealous of the purple one, to be really frank with you. But it's not. It's not GameCube purple though. It's it's a nice purple. Yeah, <laughs> but I, but I like the I like that color purple. I really love that shade. Um, as to my defense, why I bought a blue 3ds because I kind of have to do it right now. As like I, for the last few years with like the DSi when I got it from Japan with the. With the Wii, I always had white, and I always had black. Also, um, with some other some other stuff like um, the international stuff I wanted to get. Um, so I was I was like, I want a color for once. Let's take the blue one. <laughs> well, you'll no no longer be able to get that blue. And, no. Uh, yeah. So 
Uh, next bit of <laughs> kind of interesting news here is this is uh, Toyota, the car manufacturer Toyota, started this navigation system. Their brand new navigation system uh, is compatible with a, a special DS card called Kurama de DS. So if you install their latest version of their Smart Navi system, which costs uh, almost two and a half thousand dollars, if you install the latest uh, one of those, then you can buy the Kuruma DS DS card, which for the low low price of ninety two dollars, and then it will sync with the navigation system and you can interact with it. So you can play sounds through the car speaker. And you can see maps and your Mies, or not your Mies, but some Mies, and showing you sightseeing information and the sp uh, speedometer and things like that. Things for the kids to dick around with, <laughs> you know, dicking around with dad's navigation system while he's trying to drive. <laughs> I hope they can't apply the handbrake <laughs> using the DS. But um, yeah, this is a bizarre, bizarre thing, isn't it? I mean, I mean, the fact that you have to have a, a cartridge in, so you can't, like, you know, play games. Apparently it features a Nintendo-style presentation with Mies. Yeah. So what I'm thinking, it's basically the the new car version of Walk With Me slash Personal Trainer Walking. Yeah. It's a pedometer for your car. <laughs> so That's you a good way of describing it. So how many steps could I have been walking if I was actually walking? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's bizarre, isn't it? That's is weird. Only in Japan. Yeah. But um, navigation systems are pretty hot here in Japan. Danny, I don't know if you've done been you know with somebody who can drive or you've driven in Japan, but um, the some of the navigation systems. I mean, it's like we're talking like full, fully three D rendered images of all major cities in Japan. And it it is almost like um, it's almost like Google Earth, um, but it's not Google Earth, and it's like yeah, fully like voiced and automated, and you voice operated and stuff. I mean, just like so awesome. I mean, obviously, it depends on you know how old the people's system is, or how cheap, or you know how expensive it is. Um, you know, it varies, but I mean, typically you see car navigation in almost. Almost every car engine. Yeah, it is amazing. It's almost like a standard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. From the from the uh, the low end to the high end, being the DS, <laughs> DS being the top of the range. I mean, if you, if you think about it too, it does kind of make sense because I don't know about like the UK, but you know, driving around in the states, I mean, you know, getting on the interstates and stuff like that, it's, I mean, yeah, it can be a little bit confusing, but I think it's a lot easier than uh, driving. Uh, you know, the small roads in Japan. I mean, yeah, there are, like, freeways and stuff like that, but they're super expensive, so most people opt to just, you know, go basically driving through towns and stuff like that, and it just gets really crazy, and if you don't have a car navigation system, it's just not too convenient. Yeah, it is true. It's easy to get lost. It's like a maze. I mean, you, you see somewhere, you think, I'll just drive over there. It's never that easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're going to be 20 minutes to go what you think is going to be a five-minute drive. <laughs> Here in Europe, I noticed that people just stepping away from like, um, like the buying an actual navigation system and go for an inbuilt one. Yeah. Yeah, it's like there was a boom like a couple of years ago, like TomTom. -Tom. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know yeah, that yeah, company. Yeah. G gained so much momentum in that last few years 
selling those things, and now they're at the merge of getting bought by a car company, which is all sorts of crazy. Indeed, indeed. Okay, and the last news is not really uh, Japan-related, but um, there was a leak of the uh, what could be the final. Uh, well, let, let's be let's be honest here. It is the real Wii U controller. Yes, we can't. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, it has to be labelled as rumor because you know Nintendo themselves didn't say. But yeah, it's pretty much guaranteed that's going to be the last one, the last uh, revision. So, um, there is an employee of uh, a TT Games, a QA employee that goes by the name of Matty Bush, and he is in the biggest hell ever. <laughs> um, so, what happened on Saturday? Um, apparently, few during a QA testing, he posted a photo of the Wii U controller. Well, you would say, that's not nothing anything special, but it was like a new version of the Wii U controller with actual control sticks. Right. And it was it was posted like in 15 minutes and it was up on NewGAF. I got that link pretty quick after 15 minutes and the whole internet already knew about it. Um, it and it, it spread so quickly that uh, the guy uh, removed his chop title from his Twitter feed Removed the post. A couple of hours later, even the mirror on Twitpic was removed, and his entire Twitter profile, <laughs> and also his body from the earth, <laughs> <laughs> from the Nintendo ninjas. Yeah, what is what is crazy about this is that TT Games is actually working currently with Nintendo on their upcoming project, which is Lego City Stories for the Wii U and the 3DS. So this is even more dire than then a separate third party would do it. This is actually like a collaboration between Nintendo and TT Games, and a QA employee basically puts up the lid of one of their biggest surprises, possibly. Well, I think you know he kind of deserved it in a way, because uh, I don't know if you read his original comment. He, he said something like, like Nintendo fanboy is going to love this, or something like that. Like, look what we got in the office. Something so his Twitter profile. I, I will not defend him. His Twitter profile said, "I have a um, copy of the Twitpic because I did it before it went down." It says, "QA tester at TT Games, Xbox junkie, lover of electronica, and and Burnley FC supporter, for for my sins, other half of another person." Oh, I was gonna say, well, maybe he wasn't being condescending or being a jerk, but maybe he was <laughs> with that. And his and his Twitter post said, "Nintendo fanboys alert." Look what we have at work, and it was hashtag boys and their toys. <laughs> so he's a self-confessed Xbox uh, fanboy, but you know he just uh, helped all those Nintendo fanboys get our fix <laughs> for the. And day. he just lost his job. <laughs> but it's pretty cool. It's got the um, the sticks look pretty much identical to the ones on the um, the nunchuck, right? Yeah, a little bit like the GameCube ones yeah. too. Of it has the circles of the of the nunchuck. Yeah. Actually, too, in our article, I've noticed that not only, obviously, do we have the pictures there, we also kind of like uh, controller art from all sorts of different angles, I guess, of the the latest build. Um, it'd be something to, you know, it's worth checking out if you haven't checked it out yet, too. Yeah. And you get involved with the, uh, the thread there because there's lots of um, speculation about what the other kind of square buttons could be and other things like that. But I do like the layout. Yeah, yeah. What, what I have noticed, though, is like that the plus and minus button, or the star select button in this case, have been moved to the right there, hmm. instead of the bottom. Um, because in the original design, they were next to the home menu. 
um, the mic has been put now in the middle and that there is now you can charge apparently the Wii U pad with a DSi slash 3DS charger that's pretty cool that's pretty cool it's very um, very convenient if you would have to look around for you know three different kind of power cables or whatever yeah uh, looking at the controller too does seem like the 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 artist renditions or whatever you want to call them and man it actually looks really comfortable and you know I, you know from last year's E3 and stuff like that people said that it was a pretty comfortable thing to hold i mean it does look huge but i mean <laughs> it it's it I, you know you, you hear that it, it feels okay when you're actually playing it and stuff so I, i'm excited so yeah one thing that we don't know is that um how heavy it is with the battery in because you know it was all wired at E3 but this year i'm pretty sure they're going to have wireless ones or they'll probably be chained to a woman but um they <laughs> they shouldn't be wired you know for for power you know not necessarily um i remember i when they were doing the right before the Wii came out they were doing the like the concerts and stuff like that and introducing the Wii to people and stuff like that um i went to one of them in like september of 2006 and the Wii controllers were still like hardwired to huh like whatever system they had in there if it was just two GameCubes duct taped together under this like white box that you couldn't see cuz you couldn't see the console you just you know had the controllers so i mean it's possible they still could have tethered uh controllers and stuff like that maybe just working out like a couple of kinks um uh, who knows you know yeah but it also just again proves because there was a leak of like a Rayman Legends trailer uh, oh, a few weeks that beforehand. Was good. I like that. Yeah, that 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 was basically a prototype controller and wasn't a, wasn't intentional. Sh- should be shown uh, by Ubisoft or other parties outside. Yeah, because I had the Back to the Future soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was yeah. illegal to if they did want to publish that. Yeah, it's like what publicly. is this Japan where they're playing the Lord of the Rings music on like some kind of an <laughs> NHK broadcast? It's like, are you getting away with this? <laughs> oh God, tell me about it. The the We've I've talked about this before, how there's this uh, kind of like Indiana Jones esque quiz show and the theme tune is the Indiana Jones theme. <laughs> <laughs> and the font is the Indiana Jones font. <laughs> it's like it's like, you know, uh should I call Lucasfilm or should they, you know <laughs> who is suing why is nobody suing these people? And one more thing I noticed on the controller, there's now a really big Wii U branding on the front there. Yeah. Which will mean the name won't change. Get used to it, people. Yeah, and it looks like the um, the problems in the UK with the copyright, it sounds like they've been resolved, because um, it sounded like every country was fine to be called Wii U, except the UK, for whatever reason. And uh, obviously they've paid off the, you know, the old, the old guy who had the Wii U trademark for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, I would, I wouldn't mind because I love the Mega Drive more than uh, Genesis anyway. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, Mega Drive's a good name, but um, we couldn't have Biohazard because of uh, a band, <laughs> and we had to have Frozen Evil. So it doesn't always work out for the best, does it? Yeah. Yeah. How we got past the uh, the UK, uh, like Nintendo of Europe, how Nintendo of Europe said, yep, the name we should be able to be sold, no problem, in the UK. Because we means piss. So, <laughs> who gave that the okay? But somehow we got used to it. 
after five years. <laughs> and now we have to get used to wee 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 wee. Actually, wee, seriously, wee. every time now I hear an ambulance, I you know, Sarek on the um, <laughs> one of our. Uh, 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 Bands, I guess, and uh, I love his Twitter icon. It's like a, an ambulance, and you know, doing <laughs> wee you wee you wee. <laughs> Just doing that, and literally, actually, um, I was at work the other day, and I was like outside on like the school grounds, and I saw, I heard a hus- or, uh, ambulance driving by, and I was like muttering it under my breath, like wee you wee. <laughs> Just kind of quietly. So, anyways, that's one way to get dragged to the mental hospital, day. Yes. So now it's public. So. Okay. But are you are you guys happy with controls? Yeah, I think they're in a good place and it looks like they've um they've got some good grips on. So yeah, I'm happy. I'm just Very worried happy. I'm just worried about the size of the other buttons. Actually, you know, as much as it was nice to see it, I I felt a little bit spoiled. I like I kind of it was I should have had, you know, a spoiler alert on that photo. I, I it would have been nice to have that surprise at E three, if you know what I mean. Like Oh, cool! They fixed the controller. You know. Oh, cool! They did this and they did this. You know. Have all of those megatons hit you at once is kind of nice. So to already kind of find out that they fixed it is kind of like oh, cool, but you know, a little bit of a spoiler there. But there you go. Well, Nintendo won't be happy with TT games that you can one be for certain about. Yeah. May he rest in peace. So let's uh, let's finish up the news there and let's move on to our special Wii U feature. This is the, the, the last Famicast before E3. Um, in fact, whenever you're listening to this, this could be you know, one or two weeks before the big show. So we thought we'd have a little Wii U feature. Um, so it's kind of like a little bit of a predict- predictions slash worries. So what we're going to do, we're going to have three things that we're looking forward to learning more about at E3. So three things that you're most excited about. Could be games, could be features, could be whatever. And, but also, I want one thing that you're most worried about. You know, either won't be mentioned at E3 or will be, and it'll be a, not what you wanted. Okay, so three excited things and one, oh shit, please don't screw it up. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know Nintendo are going to do it. So I'll start the feature off here. So, my three things. Um, the thing I'm most excited about um, is learning about all the awesome online features of the Wii U. Um, the second one is I want to learn more about the NFC capabilities, the near field communication stuff. Not the National Football Conference for those <laughs> of you out there who might think <laughs> And the third thing is I would love to see a Metroid Prime on Wii U. I don't care if it's not a launch title, I just want to see a trailer, I just want to see what this thing could look like on Wii U. Um, the thing that I'd be most worried about is is basically it's still the touchscreen. I mean, we've seen things uh, it, like we've seen different uh, videos of how it's being used. I mean, somewhere they're using the stylus, and other ones where they're just kind of flicking stuff, barely touching it. I mean. It is kind of hard to judge just how sensitive it is, and we know it's a resistive screen like the DS and the 3DS, 
so you're gonna have to put pressure on it but you know is this like a really high quality resistive screen where you don't need to touch it very much because we know it's not going to be like um, a capacitive one like the iPad so within a multi-touch or whatever really solid resistive screens are not very expensive these days yeah I just hope it's a really good one that's the thing I'm most worried about but yeah. um, if to go back to the things I'm most excited about the um, yeah the online features I want to see a whole blowout from Reggie I want to hear about you know you know all the downloadable games they're going to have on day one. I want to want to hear all the you know the full you know retail games that are also going to be down downloadable. Uh, could be Metroid Prime. <laughs> I would love that Metroid Prime Four, day one downloadable. Boom, that would be awesome. Might not happen, but you know a guy can dream. And the the NFC stuff, like we were saying before in the previous segment, you know the leaked uh, Raymond. Uh, <laughs> Raymond Legends trailer, um, you know, with the toys and touching it and stuff, that is cool, and that is one part of what could be exciting, you know, uh, you know, having figures for for every game, you know, maybe even including the figures, you know, in the game box itself, that would be cool, like a little little Mario keychain in with the Mario game, and you know, and it activates something or whatever, or maybe it's connected with, you know your club nintendo thing you know it could be like if you buy it new then you get this you get this figurine and that you know activates you know whatever club nintendo points to prove that you bought it new or whatever that'd be awesome but and the other thing you know kind of related to you know living in japan but this could be applied to other countries as well the um the uh, ic card the touching uh, the payment where you can just touch the screen to pay for stuff. So in Japan, we obviously we have the Suica card system, which is uh, run by the the Japan Rail train company here, and you can pay for things. I think it's under under like twenty thousand yen, is it? Is Danny? it? I've never bought anything that's that expensive. Yeah, exactly. It's it's meant for smaller purchases. You're not supposed to buy a computer with this. Or, yeah, you know, I mean, but... yeah, I mean, there's in, on certain like you know vending machines and stuff like that. Some of them have like little you know sp spots for the cards and. Yeah, but you can um, but... you can buy things more than that. You know, I think it's like two hundred dollars or less. You know, that that kind of level. It's that that's just to for anything. That's just to prevent. Uh, you know, it's just for the security of it. You know. So, um, you know, if someone steals your card and they can just go touching things and buying, you know, cars with it or whatever. So, yeah, but I think this could be amazing if they incorporate, um, you know, credit cards in this in the US or in Europe, you know, that have these cards, these chips in. I heard that they're, you know, getting more popular. And in Japan with the Suica card, it would be so awesome just to like, to see an eShop game and just like, just touch it and buy it, you know, without even thinking about it. Because I buy, you know, drinks, you know, sweets, chocolate, you know, whatever, just like small things. I, I don't even think of it as money. I just, you know, I'd grab a drink and I just touch the thing and I'm, and I'm off. I bought it within, you know, 20 seconds. And if I can do that with like games, that would be just so cool. And also quite dangerous for my wallet. <laughs> Because you don't have a receipt and you don't have like a bill, it's just like you, you top it up with cash. You know, you go to a machine, you, you put, you know, whatever, 2,000 yen in and you charge it and then you, that's enough for the rest of the week. So if I could just like have enough money left over at the end of the week, you know, I've 
been using the trains all week, you know, getting drinks because it's getting or hot. <laughs> not getting drinks. Or not, yeah, or not drinking enough water and then dehydrating, but having enough money for Pushmo HD <laughs> when I get home. <laughs> yeah, that would be so cool. I want to, I want to learn more about the NFC stuff and what it could mean for gameplay and you know and the eShop and paying for stuff you know there's so many exciting things that they could do with that um so yeah those are the three things and the one thing i'm most worried about three things i'm most excited about what do you guys think yeah um I, i'm i'm also pretty worried about the touchscreen too like you said um i i wish that they would just change to capacitive touchscreen because i mean man it seems like there's just so much more stuff that you can do with it, and uh, I mean, yeah, I understand it's cheaper to go with the resistive one, but God, it's just it's just disappointing, <laughs> you know, to put it nicely, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice way of saying it. I'm not really that not that really worried about a touchscreen, really. Um, I think it will for for its purposes, which are now undisclosed. I think it will do fine. I mean, I, I think, you know, in terms of, like, functionality, I mean, yeah, it's going to be functional and it'll be fine, but, I mean, I don't know. As a guy that's been using, you know, an iPhone for, like, the past, like, three years and, uh, you know, sometimes going, doing stuff on, like, my 3DS on the touchscreen, it's just, it, I don't know, it's just, I mean, yeah, it's it's it works and it works fine, but, man, sometimes I just wish it was just a little bit... Never forget the high phone, Danny. <laughs> Am I right? Am yes. I right? <laughs> That's the uh, the China-made uh, version of the iPhone, which is resistive touch, like the DS. <laughs> it's, you can have a dual SIM mode on there, too. But hey, whatever. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, it, it's going to be better than that, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, just, definitely. definitely. I always think about the Shuriken. You know what I, you know what I mean? The Shuriken yeah. demo? Like yes. The, it looks like the guy or woman or whatever who was doing that was flicking it barely touching it yeah i mean you can, unless they were doing it with their fingernails i mean <laughs> it didn't i don't like see it. how you can do that with resistive touchscreen it just yeah. doesn't make sense but yeah like you said maybe there are you know better versions of that by now maybe this is like you know version 3.0 3.0 which is the best one or whatever and the ds was you know version one and maybe it is much better maybe you only need to touch it just a little bit I mean, most of the time we are just going to be touching it with our thumbs, you know, right. just to activate things on the inventory or whatever. And, but... You know, even even with 3DS, I mean, a lot of the games, most of the big games, like you I mean, that are out, you're not even really using the touchscreen in like a, a super, uh, like it's something that you're always using it for, apart from maybe something like Theatrhythm or something. But, I mean, yeah, so it's just a lot of it's just, you know, just touching it with simple things and... So, I mean, I could see it not being as big of a deal, but for something that's maybe focused completely on touchscreen, I could see there being maybe some issues. Yeah, like if, if they put Angry Birds on there, for example, would that would a game like that work? It's not that I want Angry Birds, I'm just, just as an example, like a completely touch-based game. Yeah, I mean, yes, but it would just be not what people would be expecting, I would think. Yeah, I, th like I, think it, I think it will perhaps use the stylus instead. Yeah, well, yeah, possibly. Yeah, but if 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 they're gonna try and you know get a little bit of the iPad market, you know, try and sell this as like you know not only is it a gaming system, you know, but you can play it around the house. You know, it's also a tablet. You know, you can play little games like Angry Birds and stuff on it. You know, if it doesn't work as well as an iPad, people are gonna 
you know, think it's like, you know, a really crappy tablet, you know, like what's wrong with it? Why is it broken? So maybe they're not going to go for that. It's hard to tell really what they're going to do. Um, yeah. I think touchscreen functionality will be not used in the best ways possible. I think it's more used for that screen and what you can do with it as a, as a secondary screen instead of the main focus on basically taking some stuff away from the main game that the main game becomes more focused and that you can control the little stuff on the touchscreen. That's how I basically see the future of the Wii U with that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't, maybe the touch, the touch part of it is not important, right? It's just the fact that you can, you know, you can stream, you know, be- beautiful graphics to the controller very quickly. You know, that's the focus, right? Yeah, but still, even with that being probably the case, I mean, there still are going to be some developers out there who are going to want to treat it as it's like an iPad or you know something like that, and. Yeah it's just not going to work out very well for them or other people that are expecting this. I do see that worry. I, it's not necessarily that I'm worried for the games that are coming out for it every single like every single day, like the, the big companies. But I do see it for the little guys. I think especially the indie guys definitely want to do stuff like that to just innovate with that controller. And perhaps the, the issues that it has will hold it back, but um, we'll have to see that in due time. Okay, Dan. So, why don't you go next? Tell us your your three and your one. Um, so I, I want to talk first. Begin with my worry. I think that's. A, I think that's. I want to change it around a little bit here. Um, so my worry is there will be little talk about the 3DS. Hmm. Could well be true. Because most of the stuff we know is already announced. Right. And I think. In a weird fashion, that perhaps that at the press conference they will put all of their focus on Wii U, and I think personally that is perhaps a bad thing to do. Do you think we're going to get another trailer for Luigi's Mansion too? <laughs> I I think that stuff like that will possibly be mentioned mentioned, and it will possibly be a trailer afterwards. But I'm not sure. If I'm look back, for example, last year they spent so little time talking about the Wii. Um, they basically focused all of their efforts on the 3DS and the Wii U, and putting the best message out there possible. In some fashions it worked, some fashions it felt flat on its face. Um, but what I feel is that they are now focusing this time too much of their efforts on Wii U, and perhaps leaving the 3DS a bit too much in the dust. Yeah, well, you know, I, I kind of agree with you there. Um, but, I mean, if you look at the Wii, even where it was at last year, almost dead... Um, I mean, 3DS is very much alive, and you know has a lot of momentum throughout the world. And I, I think, I mean, yeah, I think the majority of the focus, like you said, is going to be on the Wii U. But I think there's still going to be, you know, a, not like a huge focus, but enough of a focus on 3DS where it still says that we care and we believe in this, and we're definitely going to continue to, you know, <laughs> support it and with you know amazing games and stuff. I think that'll be the case. So Don, do you think that um, the 3DS part of the conference? Do you think it will be incorporated in with the Wii U stuff, or do you think it'll be separated and put at the beginning or the end? I definitely think it will be incorporated. It's, it's like, that won't be their main focus. But, I mean, do you think it'll be like a five-minute section at the beginning or end, or will it be kind of woven in? I think... If I if I see it before me and they have in fact like it is still a worry. I don't think I don't saying it's definitely going to happen, 
But if I um, but if I look at what is coming out, they basically I don't think they have much to reveal of all of those games that are coming out at this point. So basically, there have to be some new big guns coming out, or they really want to talk about Mario Super Mario Brothers Two, which I don't think they will. Um, so what they're gonna do on the 3DS side of of things, it's it's gonna be very interesting. Oh, didn't they say they were gonna talk about New Super Mario Brothers Two at E3? I thought they were. They haven't said that exactly. They've said we'll share details. I think they will. No, I think um, they will. I think maybe that will be the only game they might talk about. <laughs> They'll be like, "Yep, here's a new trailer," and then let's move on to Wii U. And and that's that's maybe perhaps where the worry comes from because they have enough to talk about. In fact, I mean, Animal Crossing and Paper Mario. So far, we know they could be at the end of their development cycle. And also, we've got to remember that this is where they announce to the uh, to the world that. You know, you're going to be able to download these games as well as buy them at the shops, right? So, do they save that announcement for when they're talking about Wii U online, or do they just come out and say at the beginning, you know, this is also going to be downloadable? You know, it's kind of hard to incorporate that. I think they talked at the end. I think that the people talked on connectivity about how um, it could be possible that they're going to announce like the the full game program at E3, and. You know what? That's definitely a plausible thing, um, but it, 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 it's still a worry that they won't focus their efforts so much on 3DS as we might hope. And I hope at least at least that they announce a few new products because for the rest of the lineup, we already know. Like we know that Animal Crossing is coming out in the fall. We know that Paper Mario will be coming out in 2012 at some point. We know that Mario Super Mario Bros. 2 will come out in August. It's now putting it out there that that they want really want that the 3ds will keep its momentum going. We know it's going strong in Japan, but it still needs to lift up a bit in Europe and America. Right. So, what do you tell us about the things you're most excited about? Okay. Uh, so, the first thing we actually talked just about this: Animal Crossing 3ds. Yay! Downloadable as well. Yeah. As it should be. Yeah. Um. The DS one was fantastic. Um, I didn't love the DS one as much because it was basically a rehashed version, and they screwed a lot of things up that I didn't like. Like this whole this whole big mall thing where they structured everything you loved about the DS game in the in these random events. They put them all in one place, um, which basically enough I hated that. I loved the randomness of Animal Crossing coming in every single day. So, for me, it felt that it was quicker done with this one than any other Animal Crossing game I've played so far. Um, looking on the 3DS version and what they have talked about so far, I think the changes they made to the scenario are interesting enough for new peoples and fans of the series to enjoy. Like, becoming the mayor of the town is a pretty big deal, in my opinion. And and the, the way that the series should move forward... Um, it's also going to be interesting to see how they're going to use all of the 3DS functionalities like Spot Pass and, and Speed Pass. They have also talked about the DLC stuff, perhaps for Animal Crossing. Um, online, all those of the, those features. It should be... The, the 3DS version of Animal Crossing should give people a good look of what the system is all about. And I mean that not necessarily in a tutorial kind of way. I mean giving them a crash course of what everything the system has to offer. Um... 
and what the system should offer for games in the future, basically. It should give people a new standard of this type of game, and I hope that they show that. And it's one of those games that I'm really excited for, um, and I hope, and I just hope they will good, come up with good things with it. Cool. Yeah. Um, so the second thing is, you talked about this also a little bit, but I'm interested in download distribution. So the full game system, uh, how we you how the eShop stuff will work. Um, how, how they will planning to move this forward, especially with um, now the introduction of DLC in Japan, which will possibly come out in Europe and America when Terrorism comes out. Um, I'm interesting to see how they are moving forward with these full game downloads with um, again with the eShop games and how and how their strategy, their online strategy, will evolve over time. We definitely have seen change, especially with games like um, Sakura Samurai and uh, Pushmo. But I'm interested to see in where they will take it in the future. Um, and that will definitely be something that we'll hopefully hear about at E3. And I hope they don't stop at Wii U games and you know have Wii games and maybe even GameCube games downloadable at the start as well. That would be so at, cool. at, the, at the same time, this is also maybe perhaps a semi-worry, because they never talked really about WiiWare and Desire stuff um, beyond their initial um, um, release. I think they, ne- no, they, they never even talked about WiiWare when it first came out in May of 2008. I think in Europe they planned a commercial, but it never got released on the TV. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> so, if they really want to they really want to make download like a big part of their future. They need to talk about it e3. It is for me a requirement. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they will. Yeah, that's a good part of it. Will be uh, dedicated to online stuff. Yeah, and finally, this is maybe a weird thing, but I want to see the Wii U's OS. Hmm. Yeah, we've heard hints about that. You know, some crazy rumors that it's based on like Google's um, OS. I don't think that sounds like it could be true at all, but no. Yeah. I am I am interested to see how it will operate um, with the controller and uh, and the console itself into place. D- didn't we hear some rumors uh, recently about uh, that it was you know coming along really well and it was very um, very powerful the OS what you could do with it. I, I, you know, I wonder because they haven't talked about it when um, they first showed the, the 3DS in 2010. But then again, the 3DS was still a long way out back then. So I hope they talk about OS. It's not a guarantee, but I would love to see them talk about how the OS will um, for the Wii U will operate. Yeah. Because um, especially with looking back and how now like the Xbox has evolved into this Metro system, which I don't like. And how uh, PlayStation has this X and B, which is kind. It's it's okay, but it isn't far from perfect. I want to see what what the next step is for the the channel system on Wii, and now with the Wii, what they're gonna do. Yeah, maybe even some three DS style, you know, icons on this on the controller screen that you can rearrange and stuff like that, right? Uh, I think definitely, yeah, definitely think they will bring that preview screen back they're doing on three DS and Wii. Like what you see in the top screen is like a sort of animated thing. Um, but maybe you see it on the controller. You never know. Yeah. And I hope it's all very slick and very quick, you know, going between the controller and the TV, you know. Uh, yeah. 
And, like you know, maybe this is a semi-forform, and I hope they will do some more 3DS and Wii U connectivity right off the gate. But that's maybe too much of a hope. Cool. Well, those are some, Yeah, those are some good things to be excited about. Yeah. And so, Danny, why do you finish this uh, feature off? Yeah, so... I'm, you know, I'm really excited about the Wii U coming out. Just in general, it's going to be great. You know, I haven't missed a Nintendo console launch since uh, the Game Boy Advance, so um, I'm planning on, you know, getting this at launch. So that's going to be awesome. But um, the things I'm kind of excited about. This isn't really in any particular order, but um, uh, I'm really excited about Aliens Colonial Marines. Uh, after nice. recently yeah. watching um, an interview with Randy Pitchford from Gearbox Software. Uh, the team that's like developing it. Um, I mean, it, he just made it sound like really great and just kind of intertwined into like the aliens uh, mythos. So I think that's just cool in and amongst itself. And then just how he constantly goes on about how the Wii U version is like the uh, basically the the best version that's going to be out there. Uh, he's talking about how uh, they're currently using you know the Wii Remote or the, not the Wii Remote, the Wii U tablet. Um, <laughs> For even just like simple things like picking up like enemies, like using like some kind of like a radar system where, you know, if on maybe a 360 or PS3 version, maybe that's like on some little, maybe it's like on the gun, like model itself. And it's like really hard to see. But, you know, with like the Wii U version, you can have that type of stuff on the controller. And he was even talking about, you know, you can move it around a little bit, too, and, you know, get a better um, sense of like where it is. And um, just just. I don't know, this is a really fascinating um, talk about, like, you know, what he gives just about the game and then just about the, the possibilities with the Wii U. So I'm really excited to see uh, what's going to come come of it. Nice. I saw, I saw, yeah, I saw a bit of it during Gamescom last year. It's still a bit I actually can talk, ab- can talk about only in written form. Um, but what I, what I saw of it, it, it was really impressive, like a real cinematic aliens experience. Really true to the basics of it. Um, I haven't seen anything of the multiplayer, but what I think I've heard, I love would love to play as one of the xenomorphs. Yeah, that's really awesome because I mean, not only can you play as a marine, you can also play as xenomorphs, which is amazing, and it's completely different. It's like you know, it's it the majority of the game is like a first-person shooter, but when you're actually playing as a xenomorph, it flips into the third person, and uh, you have just a better view of you know everything. You could see your other alien uh, partners and stuff like that, and. Yeah, you have it's a sense of the environment around you, basically. Yeah, exactly. So it sounds just fascinating. Did you guys ever play uh, Alien vs. Predator, like the old PC game? That was um... so, so good. You could play as either you know human, alien, or predator. It's so you, good. You know, you know which game you guys need to play? Aliens Infestation on the Nintendo DS. Yeah, it, it seems pretty cool. It's made by WayForward, and they made a fantastic Aliens game. Oh, right, the DS game. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, I, yeah. still my favorite is that PC game, the the original one. I think that um, came out in, like, Atari Jaguar 2 or something? And it no, was like... no, no, not, not, not that far back. I, okay. I, I'm talking, like, proper, like, polygons and stuff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, this is, like, Half-Life. Remember, I, I I think I played it, but wasn't it out on a console? I think I played it on a console. Yeah, yeah I think it, I think. It yeah, was. I thought it came out on like three six or three sixty, like Xbox and maybe PS two or something. This is like Half Life One, uh, kind of time, that kind of graphic quality. Yeah. Hmm. I can't remember. I can't remember on which console I played it then. 
Huh. And um, the they just got all the sound effects right, and it sound it looks like in Colonial Marines they've done the same thing as well. Like they've got the gun sounds and the the flare and you know how it moves and everything. They've got it spot on, and um, just like they had in that game on the PC, it was yeah really really cool. And the the kind of the motion tracker and also the the gun that kind of automatically tracks. Uh, do you know what I mean from Aliens the movie? It kind of it it automatically targets and fires, you know it it fires, you know automatically. You, you mean Perfect Dark's it. laptop gun? Exactly, <laughs> exactly like that. Yeah, yeah, and they've got that in this this new uh, Wii U one as well. Didn't Randy Pitchfork say? Um, and the Pitchfork, Pitchfork. <laughs> I call him Pitchfork. The um. He said, like, you know, for, like, graphic whores, he, I think he actually used those words, like, for graphic whores, you're going to want the Wii U version. Yeah, that's exactly what he I said. I don't know if Nintendo told him to say that, but either way, <laughs> it's it's good to have... He d- d- didn't yeah. say that in that language, though. Yeah, I mean, he I mean he more or less did yeah, say that. He didn't say that, but, like, that's what he meant. He he said more of the long lines of, um, the Wii U, will, Wii U version will definitely be superior. It is vastly... More advanced than the X, than the Xbox and PlayStation Three. It is a next generation console, which is basically what graphic horror would mean. Oh, um, Danny, I hope this isn't your second thing that you're most excited about. But what about the Wii U um, Zapper, the attachment that could be used for Aliens, Colonial Marines? That would be the best, you know, way to control it, right? You know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, yeah, but I mean, I'm not. You would, I don't know. You would make really... you paint it black, and it would be the exact gun, right? You hold it out. You got the the motion tracker on top. You move it about. Awesome. Then you just take it out on the streets with you too, and scare people. <laughs> I guarantee you that'll be a mode or an option in the game. That'll be the first Wii U Zapper game. Damn it! Now I want to, when I ever get that shell, I want to turn it into a black shell. Thank you very much. Now I have that <laughs> idea on my mind. <laughs> Okay, sorry, Danny. Go ahead. No, that's okay. And then um, the second thing I'm kind of excited about too is you know we haven't we've heard some things about what a lot of maybe Western developers are doing or what Nintendo's doing, but we haven't heard like too much out of like too many Japanese development studios and stuff. So I'm hoping E3 is going to show like you know what some of the bigger or even not so big Japanese companies are actually working on. Um, so I'm always kind of excited about that. I mean, obviously, you know, living here in Japan, um, I have a thing kind of for Japanese games. Uh, imagine that. Um, <laughs> I think I think one is for certain, and we can put all money on this. It will have a big push from Namco Bandai games. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. So I'm I'm just excited to see who is kind of jumping on board early, and then you know what is going to be available. And it's a shame that we won't be having any playable Capcom games. And I mean, I hope we at least get a trailer of Resident Evil Six. <laughs> yeah, I imagine there'll be announcements. I mean, there's, that's, we're not going to be you know short on anything like that. But yeah, I think Resident Evil Six would be pretty cool. I don't expect it at launch or anything like that. But no, um, that's that's guaranteed not not to happen. But <laughs> moving on here, uh, one of the last things I'm pretty excited about too you guys have kind of mentioned this is you know about the digital distribution um i know when it when the, when the wii u launches i'm going to be picking up a japanese version and that's you know that's going to be fine but i think maybe somewhere later on down the road um maybe six months to a year later i'll probably pick up a u.s version um so i could play you know sometimes i want to play games in english sometimes too you know um and this just 
makes it so much easier. At least, you know, right now we know for sure that you know uh, the first party stuff's going to be uh, available d available digitally. But I imagine that you know third party stuff's going to be available d available digitally as well. So I, this is really awesome for importers even if you import like a japanese yeah. console or something too very or, exciting yeah so that's great and i mean that saves a lot of money that you have to pay for uh, outlandish prices for uh you know importing a game um you know you don't have to worry about shipping or any of that type of garbage i mean you just you know pay for it and it's yours that's great yeah dude that, i'm really excited about that and danny you're going to be my kind of beta tester for that kind of thing yeah <laughs> like <laughs> You're gonna buy both versions, and you know you're gonna tell me which one I should get, because <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't get it at launch. But you know, loser, uh, I find I save a lot of money that way. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. But launch stuff, buying stuff at launch usually not a good idea. You usually end up picking up a bunch of crap that you would never pick up <laughs> outside of the launch window. Talking about this topic, I am not sure if I'm going to buy a European one at launch now, because I feel kind of burnt when the European 3DS launched it, and I didn't buy a Japanese one. So I'm thinking to buy the Japanese one first. <laughs> yeah, and you'll be able to download all your games, no matter yeah. where you are. Well, at least I hope so. <laughs> if they IP lock it, we're screwed. I, right? I f you, know, I, you know, I will just wait for the release dates. Um see how it stands and if they're really close to one another I will just pick up the European one but if they're just like two weeks apart I will just pick up the Japanese one cool so Danny you're going to finish it up with the, the one thing you're most worried about yeah um, I know this isn't really a big issue to most people but what I'm kind of concerned about is the Wii U's internal storage um, I mean yeah Nintendo has went on record to say you know hey you can use like USB drives and uh, you know stuff like that to um, save your information. But I don't know about you guys, but I, just the idea of having to buy something else just to, in order to uh, have somewhere to save all of these maybe digital games or something like that—that that just kind of that just kind of just turns me off, and it kind of just rubs me the wrong way. I mean, I think if you're going to have some kind of a platform that is supporting strongly uh, digital distribution, you need to have something built in to you know facilitate this and it, the way it's sounding it's sounding like nintendo isn't going to do this and you know with the wii even at the time you know the 500 you know what 512 megabytes of flash storage that they have i mean that wasn't even big back in 2006 <laughs> and that was puny and yeah. I mean, yeah, I know it was cheap for Nintendo to do that, and, you know, if you have just a couple of downloadable games, it's fine, but if you're a, a freaking, like, addict like me, you're going to have, you know, probably, you know, at least 50 games, and probably more than that downloaded, and that's just not enough space. And I just hope that they, you know, with the prices of flash memory and stuff like that, it's not too expensive. They can add, like, a, a significant amount in there, and, you know, have enough, I think, to... So you're you're worried about the the one that's going to come on board, you know, yeah. with the system, right? Not, yeah, I mean, yeah, not the cards or whatever you put in. Right, exactly. And it's like, okay. man, that's fine. I'll, you know, I'll buy my own thing. That's fine. It's just a pain in the ass, and it's just something else I have to go out and buy and use exclusively with, you know, the Wii U. But I don't know. I just wish there's a little bit more of a competent way to go about doing. It this. is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to have maybe have you know a couple of gigabytes on the system. 
and then maybe they're going to have well, maybe four gigs on the system, and then they're going to have an SD card or whatever, right? But if they allow USB hard drives, then this all this problem does go away. But you know, then you've got the bulkiness of having an extra power source and an extra drive, right? Right, and that, that that's the thing that really kind of rubs me the wrong way the most. It just kind of actually kind of pisses me off about it, <laughs> and just. I mean, I just know we're going to get screwed over on this. And, I mean, yeah, you can get, like, a fucking terabyte hard drive and connect it to your Wii U, and you'll probably be good, f you know, for the whole generation. That's fine, but that's not my point. It's just, why the hell can you not have, you know, I don't know, 250 gigabytes built in, and, you know, that's that's a significant amount, and it shouldn't cost that much to put in there. But if you think about it, if it did have a 250 gig drive, then you'd have to upgrade it at one point, wouldn't you? And it would have to be a... Nintendo branded hard drive, you know, like the Microsoft way, and that's not good, right? So in a way, we are getting a good deal. I'm not saying case. I'm not saying keep you know the USB stuff out of there. I'm saying used in conjunction with this, I think it could be fine. But I mean, 250 gigabytes, I think is fine, and you're probably not going to be buying all of your game digital game games digitally. Uh, maybe maybe people are. I don't know. I don't. I know I won't. But. We we were looking at online, weren't we, Danny, for like mm -hmm. um, the biggest SD cards <laughs> available, and yeah. that they go up to thirty two gigabytes. But, well, they do go beyond that, but then they get stupidly expensive. Like thirty two gigs, it's it's quite reasonable, quite reasonable, right? And you can get one for like twenty bucks, twenty five bucks. But thirty two gigabytes is four games, four four full DVD games, if you think about it that way. So you're going to be swapping cards. Back and forth constantly. I have 16 SD cards to use yeah. with my Wii U. But we aren't sure how big yeah. those games actually will be. Um, uh, if I look at the PlayStation 3 side of things, I have just a 20 gig hard drive and I can put at least like 10 or 12 big games on there. Um, yeah. Because um, they aren't that big. And then, and I, then, I then I don't even count the PlayStation Network stuff I have on there. So there is. So I think they won't be as big as we think. But I do agree that. It might be better to have like a big hard drive inside of it, but I don't think that will happen. Yeah, I think what I'm what I'm gonna end up doing is is finding one of those hard drives that doesn't need a power source. Oh yeah, you know some of them ones they just plug in USB and that's all they need, and I'm just gonna like just kind of hide it behind the system. But, <laughs> but aren't those aren't those without a power source not like crazy expensive? No, actually they're not okay, that expensive. Okay. They've been coming down in price here recently. Even like here in Japan, I've seen ones that are like a terabyte and they're maybe about like a hundred bucks, somewhere between a hundred, hundred and fifty bucks. I mean it's you know, it's a little expensive, but I mean that'll keep you okay for quite a while. Well, how much is the Xbox um is it two hundred and fifty gig the biggest? Yeah, no, is they have I think a three hundred twenty. Oh, but, oh right, and, they do a three twenty. Yeah, they, right. they do you can't yeah, you can use SD, SD, or SD, uh, USB stuff with the 360, but it's limited, I think, at like 16 gigabytes. Yeah, yeah. In conjunction with the OS stuff and your awesome online features, JC, I think I've found a thing we can all talk about. Well, how do we handle like their online stuff specifically? Will we have like a profile? Yeah, I think they've they, talked about that, right? Yeah, they did confirm that there is going to be some kind of a profile, but I mean, but we don't know if that if that is tied to the system or not. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that they just they just said that you know there's going to be some kind of a a profile name, but like yeah, obviously, who knows how it's going to actually work? I, I've, so far as I remember, I don't think that um, 
the controller of the screen doesn't have necessarily like input to save information. Um, I do think that the that, like that the store your profile on it kind of thing. Yeah, I do think I do think the Wii remote does. And I, yeah, you can save your memes on it, right? Yeah, but I I, I, I I think they could change it into just basically giving your basic profile information on your Wii remote. I think yeah, I think they've talked about this how it does hold a certain amount of data uh, on the uh, the Wii U controller. Um, how much we don't know, but it is more than the Wii U uh, remote. Uh, sorry, the Wii remote, the original okay, Wii okay. remote. So um, yeah, it'd be quite interesting. I, hopefully, more than just a me this time, <laughs> like a whole profile. Well, I think you it. could not save one. I think you could save up to eight on one Wii remote. Yeah, it was something like that. I mean, it was still like a ridiculously small amount of data that you can put on there. Yeah, cool. That was a cool feature, guys. So. Um, I'd, I would uh, invite the listeners to do the same thing in the TalkBat thread. Um, what are your three uh, things you're most looking forward to and which one thing you're most worried about? I limited it to one because, you know, otherwise <laughs> it could just be a, a hundred <laughs> things that, you know, hundred negative things. The Internet's negative enough as it is. Let's keep it positive, guys. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to a little bit of listener mail. Okay, so let's move on to some letters. As always, if you want to email us, it is famicast at nintendoworldreport.com or drop by our forum called uh, Questions for the NWR Japan Crew. Uh, I employ you all to give that a read. It is uh, funny and informative. Uh, so today we have a question from that very forum from our good pal Serik who I think has already been mentioned in the in show, right? <laughs> wee-oo, wee-oo. <laughs> so, Serik from the forums, he says, um, following Twitter today, it seems Danny <laughs> was violated. <laughs> he had his umbrella stolen. Is that true, Danny? Yeah, okay, it wasn't just one umbrella. It was two fucking umbrellas. <laughs> Actually, this is really... Danny, the Umbrella Chronicles. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's a good one. It, it was awful. Okay, I had an umbrella hanging out on my door outside. Because I was like, man, whatever. Because it, it, my apartment's really small, and there's really no place to put an umbrella. where it's, and Otherwise, you get like the floor all wet and stuff. Um, so so I was hanging it on my door. I was going to let it dry. And the other one was like attached to like the side of my bike. And it had been there for months, almost like a year. <laughs> and, you know, no one had touched it. But then it had like rained pretty heavily, and I had noticed one of the door handle was gone. I was like, okay, well that's fine. That's still ridiculous. Someone had to just come to my door and just take my goddamn umbrella. And then, you know, I was just gonna go like walk to Seven Eleven and get like I don't know, go buy like a snack or something. And then I noticed my umbrella on my bike was gone, and I just about lost it. And I was, man, seriously, fucking took my umbrella. Oh, is both this a, of my is umbrellas. This a hundred yen umbrella. Oh, no, it was like three, it was like four three hundred ninety nine or something. <laughs> but <laughs> my other one, my other one, yes, my other one hanging on my door is like you know one of the kind of compact ones. So it was always nice to throw in my bag or something if it's going to rain. Okay. So it's 
It's just a pain in the ass. It's somebody just. <clears throat> so, you know? uh, anyway, Serik Sorry. continues. <laughs> yes. Uh, Danny mentioned that putting his name on the umbrella may help, and uh, Minoru responded that he should put his icon on it as well. Danny thought that might have been better. Now, to my question, what is an icon? So, uh, uh, before I read the rest of the question, I think uh, Minoru meant to, uh, I think he meant like a sticker, um, uh, which kind of uh, makes his question. Uh, uh, it's still relevant, but I will continue, but I think Minoru meant sticker. So yeah, you could have put a sticker with your name on. So what, uh, from now on, Serik was now talking about something completely different, um, which I will explain later. So anyway, Serik continues. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind, uh, is it like Reboot and all the Japanese citizens are just inherently born with this symbol, <laughs> which when tapped in the right conditions transforms them into the appropriate state? I quickly dismissed this. <laughs> I'm glad he did. My next thought was something on the line of a family seal, like in uh, feudal, uh, feudal Europe with a signet ring. Then the question becomes, if it is a family crest type, how would our bachelor extraordinaire, Danny Bivens, have one, since he isn't a native? I know some characters in Japanese are very intricate, and I would assume names are the same way, so having a stamp for them would be easier. This uh, this stamp sounds like something very different. What is a stamp? How do you get a stamp? And are you required to have one under law? And how does this work for people who have migrated to Japan? So I replaced icon with the word stamp because that's basically what it is. Um, they're sometimes called hankos or inkans. Um, it, it is. I think he's quite right actually. It is more similar to a family seal. Um, how they used to have in Europe, you know, you know, they would melt the wax and they would slam down their seal and that would uh, put their family crest on it or whatever. Um, but kind of strangely, this system is still used in Japan, but instead of the wax, it's just ink. So uh, what everyone everyone has one of these is I don't know if I think it's required or is it required for 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 openings like bank accounts or something not necessarily because actually the first time i opened up a bank account here i just wanted to use my signature and they right. let me yeah so it's, it's not it's not like you have to have one but it's very for a japanese person it would be strange if they didn't have one it would be like you know a western person not knowing their signature it's like <laughs> what is wrong with you <laughs> yeah it, it's basically replaces a signature which um which i personally find very bizarre because a, a, a physical stamp is a lot easier to um, duplicate than a signature, which only you know. Yeah, I just killed that billionaire and took his stamp, so now I have all his money. There you go, exactly. So, um, yeah, so everybody has one of these. I actually had one made with uh, James written in, in Katakana, um, so I can stamp things for, like, you know, bank-related stuff or whatever. It's just a lot easier. If you if you don't have one, then you have to, like, sign things, like, a thousand times. The way you sign it. it, too, is very specific. Like, yeah. If you uh, get it wrong, yeah. Exactly. Now I, ha I have a hunko, so it's fine. But before, I had one where I... It's like the little box where you sign your name wasn't big enough to write it out, you know, all the way from left to right. So you have to, like, right. write it on top of each other. So yeah. every time I, like, had to make sure to look at the original way I wrote it... Just to, otherwise, they'll give it back and say, "Oh, that's not you." <laughs> it's like, what? Seriously? Yeah. I had exactly the same experience. I can't remember what I was. I was trying to do. I was trying to 
register for something and I just got this, the the application form sent back to me again and again. It's like, it's me. Very frustrating. Yeah, when I, Whenever I first came to Japan as a university student, when I studied for just like a semester, um, like the school had actually had uh, hankos made for us and but they didn't use like our names in like katakana. They used they found some kind of a kanji that was close <laughs> to our name, which is kind of odd. And especially for my name, Danny. Da- oh Danny. God. Yeah. I mean Danny, like Danny, just by itself without like, in, if you spell my name in Japanese in katakana, it's like da ni and then a little dash, like indicating it's like a kind of a longer way that you would say Da-ni. e. Um, but. <laughs> Otherwise, if you don't have that little dash, I'm like a Donny. This means like tick or something like that. <laughs> yes, you know, like little little vermin. Uh... Um, but thankfully, this the hunko I had originally wasn't that. It was actually for Tani, means like valley. So it was always like weird when people would like see me use it. They'd just be like, "Why are you putting a Tani you know, stamp on there? <laughs> tani you're, Dan- you're Danny." <laughs> but um, actually, That's then cool. <laughs> here recently, like within the past year, like my boss's boss's boss would look at like some of the foreign people's hunkos that worked at my place and they're like what the hell does this stuff mean have these guys get something that's actually their name so we had to like change it to our names and now i have one in katakana of my last name bibenzu and uh yeah bivens so, so. um the what uh, he says about how um the assume it seems that names uh, having a stamp it'd be very it's very intricate how things are written. So, you know, uh, a very common name like Nakagawa or um, uh, Sato or Saito, something the equivalent of like a Smith or a Brown in English, right? So, all of these hankos have to be unique. So, the hanko makers have to make each version completely different, not slightly different from the previous version. So, if some if they have a a million saitos, they all have to be slightly different. So, <laughs> if you look at somebody with a very common name, they've manipulated and warped the kanji so much, it's barely recognizable. So, if, if, you, if you'll see what I mean, if you ever see with a, a guy with a name like that, look at his hanko, it's like, you can't even read it. So, it's, it's the equivalent of like, you know, if, so you have to, if you have to write Smith, thousand times but you had to write smith differently every single time you would you would be doing you know the s slightly different and the m slightly different and you know it's kind of like it's kind of like that <laughs> you know you start to run out of ideas after you know the 700,000th one <laughs> and what's kind of interesting too sometimes japanese people have like more than one hunko like one for just like simple things and others for maybe something that's super important Official, and those yeah. are the ones that are going to be special and crazy and yeah, you know, just, just to be clear, the ones that are registered to the government or your bank, those are those are the ones that have to be unique. Any old, you know, any old douchebag can just get a, a hanko with their name on it, and it it's not official, but you know, you can you can have it. So if you if you want to come to Japan and get one for you know just for fun, you know, go nuts. <laughs> it won't be official, but you'll have it. So yeah, an interesting uh, part of uh, you know ancient Japanese history that still is continued to this day. Which, uh, it's interesting it's stuff. I, I didn't have anything interesting to say, so I just listened to you guys talking about it. It was very interesting. Yeah. And, and Danny, you, you, you'll uh, back me up on this one. 
the how they handle credit card security in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do they handle crazy, credit card right? security in Japan? Danny? Go for it. So, <laughs> obviously, people are used to, you hand your credit card over, This the, the guy would say, sign here, please. Or in some countries, you might have a PIN system, you put your PIN number in. Yeah, we have the PIN system, in Japan, yeah. In Japan, it's, here's my credit card, thank you very much, swipe, here's your credit card back, thank you very much, bye. <laughs> no signing, no PIN number, nothing, you know. Anybody could use your credit cards easily. I mean, if you're using like a foreign card, I mean, you'll probably have to sign. But I find that sometimes I don't even have to even enter in like, you know, any kind of a pen. If I'm using like a debit card from the States, which in the States I have to use a pen every single time. Um, I don't have to in Japan. I just have to just sign and that's it. Or even crazier, like in the same supermarket, like if you go to the, the, the cashier, you know, the person, they might ask you to sign. But if you go to the automated, you know, the where the self-service counter where you can kind of scan things in yourself that machine you just put it in and it just accepts it you don't even have to put a number in it <laughs> so you can just avoid security altogether so yeah i use my wife's credit card all the time no problem <laughs> yeah, I, I still don't have a japanese credit card which is kind of annoying. surprisingly enough i can always use my european credit card on uh, on my japanese wii or 3ds yeah, I mean, J Japan's pretty good about allowing people to use, like, foreign cards and stuff yeah. like that, too. America isn't. Yeah, I was about to say that. Because because I have to fill in, like, a state and everything. I'm like, I'm not from here. Yeah. I can't do this. Sometimes you have to, yeah, on the Wii, you have to, like, fill in, like, a county. And it's like, why do I have to fill in my county? That's just ridiculous. <laughs> like a little segment of the state that you live in. It's just, yeah, yeah. for those of you who don't know. <laughs> yeah, Canadians. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So that's kind of listener mail and life in Japan kind of combined. Uh, that's why we didn't have life in Japan. I was about to say, this is actually the life in Japan <laughs> segment in theory. There you go. We combined it this episode. Moral of the story, don't take my umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to find out of Danny the, the Umbrella Chronicles. Yes. There's a meme Com to be made there, Danny. <laughs> Coming, soon. Coming soon. To Wii U. Okay. <laughs> eShop okay then let's wrap this up Okay, so that about wraps up this episode. Um, let's end things by giving out our Twitter handles. Um, this time, I want you to tell me what your last tweet was. Okay, because last time you all just said video games. So I want to really know if the last tweet was video games. So, I will go first. I am at Family Complicated, and let me just look at my last tweet. <laughs> this was to Danny. Um, I said... <laughs> Oh, this was about the solar eclipse that just happened uh, on the 20th of May. I said, uh, Danny, you can just catch it next time when you're 65 and partially blind. Because <laughs> Danny missed the solar eclipse. Yes. Like yeah. an idiot. Yes, that was fine. That was my last tweet. Okay, Dan, go. What's your Twitter handle and what was your last tweet? Nintendan, N-I-N-T-E-N, Dan. And my last tweet was, this week's European downloads. Mighty Switch first update. Eshop free. 
Art of Balance Touch eShop 7 euros and Metal Slug 3 on the Wii Virtual Console 900 points. <laughs> so <laughs> so people now know the the European downloads of possibly last week. That's what you get if you follow down. There you go. <laughs> and for very informative. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, possibly, possibly um, when I'm at E3, I don't know how it will work with my mobile phone. I will possibly tweet from there. Um, see how that works. Yeah, definitely follow uh, that. So yeah, follow that okay. for that coming up. Da- Danny, what do you got? Yeah, so uh, well, <laughs> my, my Twitter handle is actually at DannyBiv, and it's D-A-N-N-Y. B as in boy, I, V as in Victor. Um, it was actually the previous tweet to what how James like answered to. I said, <laughs> I missed it. You know, I was sleeping. I wasn't getting up on my day off to see something that only comes every couple of decades. Hashtag <laughs> fail. <laughs> there you go. Um, I've got Minoru's up here. Minoru is at NWR underscore Minoru. Uh, Minoru's last tweet was... The discussion about complete gacha in the l- latest episode of 8-4 Play uh, was very informative. It starts at 2 hours 7 minutes. Friends of the show, 8-4 Play, for another podcast about Japan. Okay, and for Matt, uh, he is Gypsy Otoko. And uh, his last tweet was, um, Best E3 GIF so far, and Scrubs reference for the win. And he sent a link to um, <laughs> this great uh, gif of JD and Turk doing this dance down the hallway. And it says, uh, all aboard the hype train. And he puts this hat on. Ah, <laughs> uh, Scrubs is such, is such a good show. I miss Scrubs. I, I, well, I yeah, don't, so I don't that miss was... that last season where they did the med school one. True that. But Scrubs Be- is Because awesome. season 8 finale was still the best finale in every single thing I've there you go. So that's what to expect from our tweets. So that is it, guys. Um, uh, please uh, join the talkback thread. Um, now the episode has come to a close, and get involved and uh, share your Wii U excite and disappoint things that we were, that we talked about in our um, special. Maybe feature. maybe they should also leave leave questions for what I've experienced at E3. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is the last chance to get any questions to um, to Don and also, you know, the whole RFN crew who will all be all going to E3. All very exciting. For me, for Lots me, of... for me, if you listen to this episode, please send me a tweet saying it will be all white on the plane because I've never, I haven't flown in seven years. And also, the, the worst thing, I was sitting all four times at a window seat. Oh, that's two changes, crikey. Okay, so please rate RFN, this feed that you enjoy so much. We would greatly appreciate it. And check out Radio Trivia. Um, there was an episode recently um, with Zach, so check that out. And uh, Connectivity, they are doing lots of podcasts before E3 um, under the name uh, News Digest or thanks to me, Connectabytes. Which they seem to enjoy. Every single time so, somebody uh, says connect something, I can always think of connectable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bytes, there you go. Connectabytes, connect animals. So, yeah, uh, stay tuned to all the uh, podcasts. There's lots of E3 related goodness coming up. So, please do enjoy. So, that about wraps it up. Danny, thank you as always. 
You're welcome. And Don, thank you. Do, 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 do. Do, do, do. Until next time, family crew out. Bye. Peace. How does my voice sound, by the way? I don't sound like Solid Snake, do I? Well, no. You sound good. like James. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'll try and keep that coughing to a minimum. Well, keep I'll it. cut it out anyway, Danny. You don't need to worry about it. <laughs> James! Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you can't resist ending that tune, can you? <laughs> no. It's one of them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> How many more times can I do that? <laughs> it will be a good outtake, though. Oh dear. ランドネット。ただいま会員募集中。急げ!